When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, when is the last time you jacked off? And I'm Av Sinensky, and I, Alex, I have the same exact question for you. <laughs> when is the last time you jacked off? Uh, this morning welcome back to pretty 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 good a curb your enthusiasm podcast we're here today to discuss season eight episode five the vow of silence which originally aired on august 7th 2011 uh almost exactly a decade ago from when we're recording very very close and uh we were hoping to have a, a special guest this week unfortunately he had to cancel the last minute so it's it's an old school podcast it's just me and you Alf. Yeah, it has been quite some time since it's been just you and me. Um, I don't know if you if you know offhand. Do you recall what the last episode we recorded that was just the two of us? I don't because we also haven't like we've been posting episodes every week, but we haven't recorded an episode in like two or three weeks because we were recording right. ahead of time. So, yeah, I have no idea. So the last episode that was just you and I was The Bear Midriff, season oh. seven, episode six. We are we have been on a oh, wow. string of one, two, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten episodes in a row with a guest. Um, some bigger than others, admittedly, but mm. a guest nonetheless. Um, so yeah, this is like a back to basics uh, sort of thing. Um, we had kind of a back to basics uh, experience recently. We saw each other in person for, I think, the first time in a year. Last uh, night, that but was it was fun. not just it was not just you and I last night. It was not just you and I. Um, yeah. Well, not for the main thing, you know. We 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 stayed to the very end. Um, yeah, that no, was never. It was never just you and I. Um, yeah, I think I hadn't seen you in person in about a year. I think last summer we saw each other in Jersey as well. Um, so yeah, we've uh, we've seen each other in person more recently than we have recorded a podcast together. So that's not usually the case. But yes, that is, it is here. Yeah. Now, so it's been 10 episodes, you said. This reminds me of like the endless debate on like a certain like part of, of nerd baseball Twitter. Um, Av, what does it mean uh, to bat around? Uh, uh-huh. Yes. Um, I Yeah, I know. I've seen this debate and I feel like I've, I've been on different sides of this debate over oh. the course of my life because I think there's merit to both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that if I, I, I think it's 10, the guy, the guy who led off has to bat again. Okay, so Paul Nine guys, bat that, that's not batting around. Okay. Yeah, it's it's still very impressive, but yeah, bat around is, and I think like Mike Shore has spoken about this. They, I think him and Pizzanti had a long argument about this once on the podcast, and like what he pointed out, which I think is what finally convinced me, uh, because I think like the, the first side is like technically correct because like the whole lineup batted, yeah. but like it's that feeling of the guy who let off the inning is up again, mm-hmm. that like is when it sinks in, like oh this is re- this is a cool that like that we batted around like he's up again. The same All right, thing. so um, I, I have found enough community here. What happens? If nine batters bat, the batter who let off the inning now comes to the plate, but a batter okay. on base gets thrown out. A batter on the on the bases, excuse me. Yeah, gets a field. Yeah. Right. So I, then I, I, I say I say it qualifies because he was he came to bat. Like so even up. so in order to, to check every time that a team is batted around, you'd have to go look at the play by play. You can't just look you can't just look at the box score or whatever, because if, if there were nine batters up and may have still been a bat around. 
if the yeah, Indians are in the in the in the base pass. Interesting. Yeah, no, you have to go back. You have to watch the games. Yes, um, <laughs> and figure it out. Uh-huh. All right, so we have not batted around uh, without a guest because uh, we we were at six and now we're at five. So yeah, also two of those were bonus episodes, so it's not like we even did uh-huh. like a a non contiguous. Well, I was wondering um, how the numbers season. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you name all the guests in order? If you probably not, but if you tell me the episodes, I might have a chance. So okay. seven. Yeah. The Black Swan. Okay, we had uh, Mr. Takahashi himself, of course. Dana Lee. Ken, uh, Dana, off- off- Officer Krupke. Office. Did we have the the was that was that the was that with the front office of NBC? No, that was earlier. Nah, in the season. No, that was early. That was Todd Stashwick. He was uh the, the reunion oh, yes, season yes. seven episode three. Yes. Um. Yeah. No. This was uh this was MJC. This was Michael J. Clark. Oh. Oh. That. Oh. That's a trick. Hell yeah. It's a trick. Well, it's not a trick. Oh, Officer Krupke. Of course. Well, that should be obvious uh, because of the song. Yeah. 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 That was. I. Yeah. I, I was in the wrong uh, frame of mind. I can't be just seeing the episode itself. Yeah. Season seven, episode nine, the table read. Oh yes, we had. Um, how's your How's your daughter's pussy? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld, Vicky Lewis, of course. Seinfeld. We had two guests, arguably, for this one. Ah, uh, yes, of course. We had Jeff Schaefer and we had LD himself. All right. Then we did a bonus episode of the Seinfeld reunion. The Seinfeld reunion, and we had Kiva Wieneker. Oh no, we had Jared uh, Jerome. Excuse me. We had Jared Jerome. Yeah, there was several iterations of guests, yes, uh, but yes. Jared Jerome ended up being the actual guest. Yes. Uh, we then did a bonus episode on Jewish themes. On yes, of course. And we had both Shia and uh, the esteemed rabbi himself. Yeah, the esteemed rabbi has been doing a very nice series on Judaism depicted in popular culture. Yes, this um, summer. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to just play the pretty, pretty, pretty good episode. Just like, just take a week off. Like you did, you did an episode on this. Yeah. Like, just post that. Um, yeah. Maybe we should we should give him uh, permission. Maybe he doesn't realize yeah. he has permission. Would our episode be kosher enough for his podcast series? I'm not sure. I think. Well, you know, we we could we could tell yeah. him that he could edit it however he sees fit. But you know, yes. he has like you know he, he has can a, drop a his own of, edit. He has like an hour of material there that he could just use. Yeah, I saw. I see now some of these people on on like social media when they make an appearance on a talk show, they then drop their own edited version in their social media so that to make it look like they mm-hmm. won all the arguments that they may not have. Oh, won, that's like a, political that's people. Interesting. That's yeah. clever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard. I heard. Uh, I heard. A, off. I heard a rumor that you're editing the uh, Yucky Juice tournament audio to make it look like your sodas, your preferred sodas. Well, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I will. Uh, there will be a recount. Yes. Yeah. And you were very you were you were very invested in which soda is what I think you were the only one who cared. <laughs> Apparently, everyone else, yeah. everyone else was just like, I don't know, just drink yeah. soda. They're both bad. But like, I guess this one, you know. Yeah. Um, OK, then we had the divorce. The divorce. That's the first episode of this season. Is that when our friend the fades came on? No, you're one off. You're one off. He came the next week for the safe house for the divorce. We had um, Jewish attorney Hiram Katz. Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course. Yes. And oh, Dan yes. Jablons. Yes. Uh, so that takes us to 7.3 Palestinian chicken. Of course, yes. And we had. And then, um, uh, and then last week we had the smiley face. Last week, meaning like two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> wait, who do we have with the smiley face? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't because it wasn't really the smiley. Well, we 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 discussed smiley right. a little bit, but we discussed her yeah. whole career. Yes, and then that's we, right. Yeah. We had Antoinette. We yeah. actually got we actually got an email about the smiley face and Antoinette um, from Andy from Finland, who was the uh, the anonymous author of that Finnish review that we had questions about, oh. or, or that I had questions about. So mm-hmm. he he wrote to me like, "Oh, that was me." He added himself. Um, so yeah, so he. Um, no, he I feel bad. I insulted the Finns on my other podcast uh, the other day. Well. I'm um, sorry, Andy. Yeah, we were talking about which uh, countries in Europe you can get Manscaped products because mm. it just said the EU. And, right. then, uh, and so I said, is it everywhere? And I'm like, no, I'm sure it's not Finland. So not apologies. Finland, yeah, I think you can. No, no Andy. Andy is like LD all around, I believe. Mm. 
I don't know that. I'm just I, I'm discerning that from his email. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Andy. Um, Alex just um, discriminated against your entire country. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he uh, I'm just well, I was gonna, speculating oh, that Manscaped was doing the discrimination. Yeah. So fair, he, uh, yeah. he he wrote into us uh, specifically about the whole like Antoinette Spolar, uh, Levine, I think Levine. Levine. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was I was reading the Jewish way. Yeah. Um, the whole like the questions I had about like the way that it, it says her credits on IMDb. So she uh, so he explains that um, he believes the IMD convention is presenting an actor because they have sometimes used their name spelled incorrectly or used like a different variation on it. So for Antoinette's case, it's pr- he thinks it's probably because of her whole marriage and divorce where she's sometimes Antoinette Spolar Levine and sometimes just Antoinette Spolar. Now, has she so changed like, her name in the union, like on her SAG card? So right? that might be part of it. I would guess probably because otherwise then the whole the Antoinette Spolar Levine name wouldn't exist as far as IMDb is concerned, right? Yeah. I have a random question, trivia question, not related to Curb, but another television show. Uh, do you remember which television show when uh, one of the stars got married that as a joke in the credits that week, they famously gave the hyphenated name with the star's uh, partner to every so, member of the cast? So, yes, I remember this. But also the next line of uh, Andy's email is by way of comparison. I thought oh. to look at Courtney Cox, who for a while is <laughs> credited on. as Courtney Cox. Arquette. <laughs> That's amazing. That's the that's next amazing. line. This, that's literally did, the next I, line. For email. the record, I did not know what his email said. <laughs> no, you didn't. I never share the emails with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the next line in his. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he says sometimes actors in their early careers have first or second names misspelled or Mick can become Mac, etc. And these are also presented on IMDb as quote as like that. You know, there's something off with the name accreditation. Yeah. Uh, similarly, if, for example, Bob Odenkirk had sometimes been billed as Robert Odenkirk. It would be presented as Robert Odenkirk parentheses or whatever is contrary to his main IMD billing. So, OK, mm, like that, that makes sense. And that's consistent with, with what I've seen. And it makes sense, especially on Curb, where so many times people are like kind of playing themselves. So that's it probably comes up even more than usual on a show like Curb. Yeah. I mean, there's always stories about like actors or, or other people in, in the Hollywood industry who the reason they use their name with an initial or a slightly different spelling or things is because someone had their exact name in, in right, SAG, which yeah. is weird that like every name it's is a weird rule. Yeah, yeah, that it's like, right, it's like trademark. Like, oh, we already have this person. Like, yeah. you know, have you checked? Is there an Obstinetsky? I have not checked. I imagine no. I'm, I'm good if yeah. I ever get it. There is SAG. an Alex Chester, but it's okay. I would be Alexander Chester. I don't think there's Which one would be those. awesome. It would be awesome if I got into SAG because if you get Ooh. into any of these uh, guilds, then you like, for life, you get like all the... Like the screeners, the yeah. screeners to like be able to like watch like all the like nominated yeah. movies because like you get to vote like in the SAG awards. Yeah. and so that would definitely worth the, that would be worth the dues for you. Oh, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I would love that. Now it's interesting we're talking about this because our our scheduled guest for next week, and you know we shouldn't uh, make any commitments now because I think she's filming and so she's trying to work on her schedule. But I think she is a fairly senior person uh, in in that union. That guild, I should say. Oh, really? Okay, so maybe we'll uh, we could cook up some questions for her on that yeah. subject if she's able to join time. us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're hoping we're hoping next week to have uh, Samantha well, Mattis oh. who plays uh, Donna. <laughs> well, no, we could say whatever. We yeah. you know we we have her booked, but we were told that she's like currently filming something. And that, yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's no shame on her part if she can't. Make yeah, it. no, her she's, schedule. In fact, is she's trying to. So yeah, that's yeah, true. she's trying to make it work. Like yeah, I was like when I heard like oh she's filming something. Like I was like I was I read the, I'm reading the email. I'm like oh okay, she's canceling, which you yeah. know fair enough. And then she's like oh but she's gonna try to make it work, and we'll let you know. I was like oh wow that's like deep above and beyond yeah very nice we ever expect from like someone who's like actively working to like make time for our yeah very she's already podcast. earning come with points even if she can't come with ultimately yeah that's right she's, the she, might, she might be the come with guy regardless yeah you know th- this goes to i've always said like if i was like 
like at this point in my life, I'm probably not going to be in a, in a job directly like this. But even in my job, I do this like to the extent that, I mean, I am in the service industry and when my clients ask for things, but I don't understand if I was like a waiter, for example, which I, you know, anytime somebody would ask me for something at a restaurant, no matter how absurd or obscene it would be like, Hey, uh, can you get me like a bottle of Dom Perignon and uh, an original edition sports illustrated from 1942? I would win at the magazine didn't exist. I would smile and I'd say, let me see what I can do about that. And then I'd go back in the kitchen and say, listen to what this asshole just asked for. And then I'd come back in a smile and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I tried. But I don't understand why people say no. Like always like pretend to try, right? Like make people feel good. Like my clients ask for absurd things sometimes. And I'm always like, you know, let me look into that. And then I come right. back and say, oh, and like, no, we, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we cannot break laws. But 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 it's, it's just I don't understand why like people like go out of their way to say no. Like, no, like, like, screw you. Like, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually, so I actually have a bunch of housekeeping points for this episode. Uh, we haven't, we haven't touched on any of them yet. <laughs> we, we've just been ruminating about nonsense. I actually, uh, yeah, I have some of some like stuff from the news, um, some stuff that I experienced, uh, curb related over sure. the last uh, couple of weeks. Give it so, to me. Um, yeah. Me so are you, are you up to date with Ted Lasso? Yes. It's what two episodes, three episodes. Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, take note of the, uh, the mention of curb your enthusiasm in, uh, episode two of, I believe of Ted Lasso? Uh, what was the mention? No, I'm forgetting. He uh, he's like talking about Ted Danson, and he talks about like, oh yeah, you know, he was on yeah, Cheers, yeah, yeah. and he was on Curb. Yeah, yeah. They, do, yeah they mentioned Curb. Place. They skip Becker. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, that's yes. how we do that. We do Curb. Oh yes, I, I did notice that, and I was surprised that they skip Becker. Even in Curb, he's known as Becker <laughs> by that drunk right. cab driver. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next, I watched a few episodes of Harley Quinn, the animated series on HBO, um, mm. which which may sound irrelevant. Yeah. Um, and so like I started, I was watching it and it's, it's actually very, a very cool, fun show. I actually recommend it. Even if like, you're not like necessarily a big, uh, superhero person, it's just like very fun, very, uh, transgressive. Like, I, I think it's rated R like that, you know, that adds to it. Um, it's animated though. So, you know, that might not be everyone's cup of tea. Um, but I, st- as I was watching, so, I stopped. So there's animated nudity is where you're going. Oh, no, 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 not, 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 <laughs> not, no, not that bad. <laughs> No, I'm just saying it's it just, animated. I don't think you're that. Rated art. We're no, like, I'm saying it's animated. It's, I, I was saying as an aside, it's an animated show. So uh, like, not it. everyone might yeah, be yeah. into like an animated show. Well, um, so I, I can't stand people who on both extremes. On the one extreme is like my children who if something has real people, it's inherently bad versus it's animated. <laughs> yeah, well, then, I, I think they'll grow out of that. It, but then conversely, my wife is the opposite. If something is animated, it's inherently she's not interested. It's for children. I'm like, so, this is very much not for children. No, no, it's animated. It's for children. Yeah. Um, so I started recognizing some voices. Um, so I, uh, you know, I paused and head over to the Wikipedia and felt found that the um, the voice cast of Harley Quinn and especially the extended voice cast is like a treasure trove of Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, actors and guest stars and the like. Nice. Um, in total, I'm not going to go through all of them. In total, I think I counted 16 people who had appeared on Curb who are part of the voice cast in some way for Harley Quinn animated series, including most notably uh, on the main cast, Jason Alexander and J.B. Smoove. Oh. oh, so I need to watch the show is what you're saying. Well, I mean, I, you know, it, you know, I don't know to the extent how much that's going to add for you, but, um, to, you know, if it does, then sure. But, you know, I was just like, all of a sudden I was like, oh my, oh my God. Um, yeah, no, Jason someone, Alexander being on something and J.B. Smoove being on something, they both absolutely were. Uh, yeah, to me. but again, it's animated. It's just a voice. So like that might yeah, not. That, be, that's fine. I, I, it's not Jason Alexander's beautiful looks that attract me to him. Well, I mean, I think if, if, if I told you like, oh, there's a show on HBO that Jason Alexander and J.B. Smoove star in and, and it's not animated, you would like, wouldn't believe me because you would like, you would have heard of it and you'd probably be watching it. Yeah, but I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard of this already. Yeah. Actually. Um, so, yeah. So also in the, the regular supporting cast is Wayne Knight and Wanda Sykes. Mm. 
And then Susie Essman and Susie Nakamura have both guest starred and like a wow. bunch of other a bunch of this other crazy. people. Yeah, that's why as I was thinking, I'm like, what? How? Yeah, how have I not heard about yeah, this? Yeah, but sometimes these shows all of a sudden appear, like, and then they I don't hear about them for six months, and I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty plugged into social media. I'm kind of surprised, like, that I somehow yeah, missed. So there's this been one. there's been two seasons of this already. Mm. Um, oh wow! And I and I had not heard, but yeah. So yeah, if you're uh, if that sounds like your your bag, then uh, check it out. Um, it's it's I think it's really good. I watched like two or three episodes so far, and I really really enjoyed it. So, mm. um, I I would recommend that. Harley um, Quinn, it is my bag, baby. Bye. Offset. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, in, in many ways, yes. I'll, I will certainly stand yeah. by that statement. Harley Quinn is awesome. That, that was an Austin Powers uh, reference. I don't know if that was clear. I, I'm familiar with it. But uh, yeah, okay. no. Harley Quinn, but, the animated yeah. series. Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie. You know, I, yeah. I'll take all versions of Harley Quinn. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, the only one that I knew of before this conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. Next. Uh, next is um, there was a uh, a prominent news item this week. Um, I'm sure that you saw COVID related and uh, former uh, President 44 related. Oh, we're discussing Larry, that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Larry David famously. No, oh, yes. 40, 44, 44. Oh, yes. oh, 44. Yeah. My math. Is up. Yes. Larry uninvited, David yes. Uh, invited and disinvited. Un- yeah. He was. Uh, yeah. He got an invitation mm. um, from the uh, Obama birthday party. Mm. See, Obama made a big mistake. You got to invite by tears. You can't expand the tiers until you're confirmed. So with COVID going on, you got to be more, you know. Well, I, I, I think he, maybe that was a tier. And yeah. They didn't expect that. Like they were going to be shamed into having a yeah, smaller yeah. party. I mean, it is kind of dumb because everybody there is it's, obviously vaccinated. Yeah, it's very and, stupid. Yeah. It's extremely yeah. stupid. Right. It's yeah. just like they didn't, they didn't want there to be, able, you know, Fox News to be able to. But there was anyway. Yeah. They weren't right. So, so, but, right. but I do love to see the names of those who made the cut and didn't make the cut. Yeah so, apparently, yeah. yeah. so apparently uh Letterman didn't make the cut, which I'm surprised by. I would have yeah. thought that he would I would have thought I wouldn't think that Letterman and Larry David are on the same tier. Do you think Letterman's uh, above Larry David? I would I would think so. Yeah. Mm. But again, now, like now did some, of this, some of this some of this probably relates to mm, I feel like Obama and Al Gore are not uh because the, where I'm going with this, of course, is it'd be very funny if Lori David came in as a plus uh, one. Yes, that would be funny if Lori David got think, the invite and not Larry. I don't think her and, and, and Al are still an item, but they could be. I have no idea. Oh, they didn't get married. They were just dating. I have no idea about that as well. Okay. You think that RFK Jr. and Cheryl Hines got an invite? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. Yeah. Um, it would be funny if like somebody else from Curb was there, but not Larry David. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that somebody who's been on an episode of Curb was there in some kind of cameo or something. No, you don't think so? All right. Who's the most likely person from Curb to have been at this at this party? Oh, uh, uh, Barbara Boxer, potentially. Hmm. I'd say, yeah, Hillary she's a little bit. She's Barbara a little bit boxer. Hillary Clinton wasn't on curb. Yeah, she was just disgust. The, the curb. No, that doesn't count. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. count. Wait, t- yeah, yeah t- wait. Ted Danson. He's. I feel like Ted. You think he's ahead of Larry David? Oh, we never discussed. Yeah, like so. Is Larry David ahead of Ted Danson in the Ted Danson club? Well, but this is the Barack Obama birthday friends club. It's a little bit of a slightly different. Club. <laughs> right, that's right. So it's more nuanced. Yeah. yeah. Um. Try to think. We're probably missing someone obvious. Yeah. Not Shaq. Shaq wouldn't be there. Yeah, probably not. Um, not Mel Brooks. Mm. I think we have to. It might be somebody also from one of the future seasons of Curb that we haven't got to yet. Right. Right. Like um, and like I've John Hamm or something. Don't watch future episodes. Yes. Yes. I'm aware. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So Larry didn't get invited. We also didn't get invited. So mm. you know, Larry David has been on this podcast. We have been on this podcast. Yeah. We were both. All, all of us were not invited to. Wait. Obama's hold on. When party. you say you weren't invited, you mean that you got disinvited? Or you're saying you didn't get an invitation at all? I I wasn't on the final guest list. Oh. 
Okay. Sorry. If I would have showed up to the party, they would say, sorry, so you're not on the list. And I would say, I used to be on the list. And they would say, all I know is that you're not on the list now. Oh, okay. And Larry David would be in the same position as me. Yes, exactly. Um, Okay. Uh, final uh, final news item. We had uh, two um, announced illnesses in the Curb community, the Curb guest star community specifically, both season wonders. And? Bob Odenkirk. Yes, of course. Yes. Collapsed yep. apparently on the, on the yes. set of Better Call Saul, but he, yes. we're told he's fine. Doing better, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, Kathy Griffin announced that she had Oh, I didn't cancer. know about that one. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So uh, we, we obviously wish both of them well. Yes. Uh, maybe they will uh, come back for a future season of Curb Your Enthusiasm or a future episode of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. Yeah. Um, we're an anti-cancer podcast. Yeah. Also anti-heart conditions. It would be it would be kind of great if they brought Bob Odenkirk now back somehow and he reprised Port O'Gill. Like now that he's like a million amazing. times more famous. Yeah. No, that'd be very good. Yeah. Port O'Gill uh, also, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to guess that he may have been aged out of the performance role. Maybe he moved on to like a producing or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like he's like the uh, like he's like the first guy that comes like in the in like the porn set. But like again, it gets like replaced by the person who actually does like the, the porn. Wait, so he plays a non-sex having role in a porn movie? Right, saying? exactly. Right. He's like an extra. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a, a downswing for his career because he was known as the guy who could go the longest, right? Yeah, but now he's, you know, he's not on top of his game anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's not he's like not gonna get a job in like real well, film. He, he he said he was he was never the biggest. He could only go the longest. So if he doesn't have that stamina anymore, then yeah, what does he have? He's nothing. He's got nothing. Yeah, that's um, true. Probably out, out so of yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we wish the best to Porto Gill as well. He's probably going through some tough times. I'm sure um, COVID was probably very rough on the uh, pornography business. Um, luckily, uh, last time I checked, there's um, precisely seven yes. quadrillion <laughs> pornographic porn videos porn. already yeah. on the internet. Um, luckily, so, yeah, I think, for, for the consumer. Yeah, so. right. Exactly. Yeah, I think I so I think uh, porn is covered. So it's like they could like not make porn for the next fifty years, and I think uh, everyone <laughs> will be fine. <laughs> Um, okay, and then last uh, last housekeeping note is that our podcast has its first uh, official supporter. Oh. Um, apparently, this is a thing on on Anchor where you can uh, financially support a podcast it unsolicited, uh, unsolicited. Yes. Um, so yeah, which makes it even more appreciated. And yeah. um, our first supporter is Moira Roseberry. Oh wow, um, she of the watching class. Yeah, qu- watching the uh, the podcast out of order at times. Uh, now she's caught up. So we are. Uh, very grateful to her. Of course, everyone is, you know, more than welcome to support the podcast. No one is obligated to do so. Yeah. Certainly, if you know, giving us money um, is going to at all impact your life even slightly, please they don't do contribute it. money to yes. this podcast. Uh, but if you have extra money lying around, you want to throw it to this podcast. Uh, one thing I can guarantee you is none of the money that anyone contributes is going to go into either of our pockets. It's going to go like back into uh, yeah. making mostly the for podcast. subscriptions to things to reach out to guests. I think yeah, so like yeah, yeah we, we 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 you know we're. We try to spend some money, not t- not a ton, on uh, you yeah. know making this podcast better. So if you want to contribute towards that, go ahead. But you know, no one should feel obligated. Don't don't greatly... don't make that commitment for me. I've, I was going to use my fifty cents purely for personal reasons. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, you know, you could use your half for whatever you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're again, we're uh, we're very very grateful to Moira for uh, for her support. Mm. Um, if you're if you know, you, no one should uh, feel that they need to do a uh, financial support. But at the very least, we give you. Uh, usually a couple hours of entertainment a week, take 30 seconds, go over to iTunes or the Apple store or Apple podcasts. They change the name of it often. Um, and just, um, rate the podcast. Like all you do, like they already have the stars there. So just like click the fifth star. Like you don't even have to like type in five. Like you could just, you could click either star, just click the last one, the one all the way to the right. Yeah. Um, if you feel like you have like another 
10 seconds to two minutes. You can write a review and mm-hmm. write something nice, preferably. Uh, we'll read it next time on the podcast. So like you'll get it to be, uh, you know, your name will be on the podcast. That's very exciting for people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some podcasts that I listen to where I just like, like you know, because I write in like emails, I'd be like, I just like listen to see if they say my name. Yeah. Um, not really. Uh, no. But, uh, you know, it's exciting when, when you're like, oh, I'm like, I wrote that. Yeah. They're reading my thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Just go over to there. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Rate the podcast. Review the podcast. Share the podcast. And we, all, we shall all have a delicious chew of many more podcasts. Mm. Yes. Let's all have a delicious chew. Okay. Do you, have any, do you have any housekeeping notes? I have no keeping of the house. Okay. I think it's time to jump into the episode. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, what episode is this called? <laughs> this is the Vow of Silence. <laughs> It hasn't been that long, has it? <laughs> it's been a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been uh, a half hour. Okay. Vow of Silence, season eight, episode five. Let's go. So we are with Larry in the car and he's pulling up to park somewhere um, and he's in uh, he's in his blue Prius and he sees red Volvo. Mm. Red Sob, Black Sob, (laughs) Black Sob, Maroon Golf, Red Volvo, Blue Prius. Mm. Yeah. So we got uh, we got four named cars. Uh, We're going to get Black Lexus a little bit later. Yes. Uh, Oh, very impressive. That's a nice car. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so Larry uh, sees that the uh, the red Volvo is uh, parked over two lines and he's very frustrated by this, um, you know, and forces him to park uh, over two lines. Yeah. And, now, there's, know, there's obviously no domino effect here, right? Well, like, there is a domino effect, but it's created by Larry. No, no. Yeah. There could be if all that was available for space was one car between two cars that were each parked across two spots. But in this case, we can clearly see that right next to where Larry parks is a fully empty spot. So Larry could have very easily parked in a regular spot, left Red Volvo to take up two spots and be the culprit. And then when Red Volvo leaves, there'd be no more domino effect. Like Larry. Right. So right. Exactly. So, yes. Funkhauser didn't have a spot because of Larry, not because of the other guy, because by the time I mean, somewhat because of the other guy is not. Well, no, no, that's not true, because Funkhauser said that Red Volvo was gone by that time. That's what I'm saying. So Funkhauser could have parked in the spot on the part where red Volvo was parked. I agree. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not completely exonerating red Volvo for his role in the situation. Yeah. But as it turns out, if Larry had just parked properly, yeah, there would have been no problem for Funkhauser. But I'm saying Funkhauser himself created the problem just like Larry did. Uh, yeah. Everyone is, everyone is behaving badly here. Yes. So it's, it's a whole, it's a whole uh, sty yeah. of pig parkers. In this yeah. Now, again, there could be a scenario where you are forced to be a pig parker because everyone else is pig parked and all that's left for you is one spot between two spots. That just happens to not be the scenario for Larry. We know, and we're speculating uh, for fuck man based on what he says. Yeah. And I, I was, I was actually like excited a little bit by this uh, storyline because like, this is something that like I have like argued for many times in my life. Uh, when like somebody gets there, like they're angry at that car. I'm like, you have no idea if it's that car's fault. Like, it's like, especially if it's like in like a big parking lot where there's a million spots, like mm. anything could have happened, like to get to this situation. Okay. So I was going to talk about this later when we got to the note that Larry left for Vince, but I guess I'll bring it up now, which is, I disagree with you uh, because of the following story. <laughs> so oh, um, because of something that once happened to you. Yes, of course. So um, my parents' apartment has like, uh, like they live in an apartment building and then under the, the building is a parking lot. And so there's a there's a driveway, the width of a car, you know, from the street 
through the sidewalk, you know, to go into their parking lot. And then right next to on the street, right next to where the entrance to their to their driveway is, is one parking spot. And it is only one public parking spot. It's only one spot's worth. And so it's, you know, on one side by a curb and then on the other side by paint showing where don't go over this part because that's the driveway for this entire apartment building. And so there was a there was a there was a, a person who decided to park their car, a pig parker, who parked their car one time halfway in the spot and halfway blocking a driveway for an entire building. So I was trying to exit the parking lot in my parents' car, and I could not exit the parking lot because of this person. So I very calmly uh, got out of the car, took a photo of this person's car, uh, went upstairs to uh, my parents' apartment, printed uh, on their computer printer a, a, a photoshopped picture of their car with the, the white line that they had parked over that was underneath their tires with it superimposed on top of the car. Like, uh, so there was a white bar of, of Microsoft paint in the middle of their car. And then I printed it out and left a note on their door. And I said, next time it will be real paint and not Microsoft paint. <laughs> so yes, that's, that's what I did with that. And by All the way, right, that's, that's a super pig parker because they're literally blocking an entire yeah. building of people. It's, it's insane. Yeah, that's, that's egregious. Yeah. Um, so I'm on okay. Larry here, leaving the note for Vince. Yeah, so uh, Vance. Vance, excuse me, yeah. Um, yeah I can't so yes. so well, it's hard to know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Larry comes in, he sees uh, Jeff and Susie, and he makes fun of them for, like, throwing themselves their own farewell party instead of somebody else. Uh, and and why is there a banner at this party? Is it a BoJack Horseman party? <laughs> like, have you ever had a banner at a party? Um, a a custom-made custom bonfire? Yeah, I guess bar mitzvahs or whatever. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah, or even just birthday parties. We, like, hang up ha- happy birthday or... Yes, but not a custom-made one. All right, they have a lot more money than we do. Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a Bojack Horseman party. Also, they made the party for themselves, so like they were able yeah. to like just take care of it. Or as you know, yeah. You call and you say, um, "I wanted to say happy birthday to my daughter," um, but uh, don't include the words to my daughter. And then, of course, the sign says, "Happy birthday to my daughter." Don't include the words to my daughter. <laughs> um, happy, uh, what is it uh, from Samuel Bell? Happy whatever by the beach or something like that. All right, I don't know. Um, there was like a cake episode where uh, where they're on the where in the where they're like the beach house episodes where like they're working at the the, the beach club. Hmm. I'm not a Stace- basketball guy. Oh, you're not with Stacy yeah. Carosi and Leon Carosi. Um, happy, 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 wrong number by the sea. Something like that is uh, what the cake ends up saying. Um. Okay. So yeah. So um. Susie, um, you know, is like, you know, not having it with Larry. Um, you know, this is such a big opportunity for them. You know, Sammy got accepted to the Juilliard summer program and like she even had to audition for that. So like, believe me, this wasn't easy. Um, it's a huge accomplishment by Sammy. Now, hold, uh, hold on know, one she... second. Sammy, we saw her a couple weeks ago. She seems to be in her late teens. The actress is 18. So let's assume she's like a senior in high school or so, right? Yeah, she's she, in high school. She, she gets into a summer program. Her entire family doesn't have to move with her. I'm sure there's like <laughs> dormitories and stuff. And right. just, like you're allowed to spend the summer away from your parents when you're 10 at camp, let alone when you're 17 or 18 or whatever. Yeah, you're allowed to. But like, I think this is more like, uh, you know, as we'll see, like um, Larry suggests that Susie is like forcing this whole thing on Sammy. We yeah. thought back. So maybe in, Susie um, has to come. Why does Jeff have to come? He, well, so yeah, we, yeah, I guess. Or we Jeff can say, I'll go back and forth. I'll come visit you on weekends, but I have my job. Right. I have all the, yeah. the women I'm cheating on you with. <laughs> we thought back in, uh, well, yeah, that's that's a reason for her to bring Jeff along. So yes, I guess that's true. Him. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. We 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 and suggested back, job. His only job is Larry. So back in the hot towel, that um, Susie was like already showing signs of being this like tremendous stage mom. She's like singing along with Sammy mm-hmm. as she terribly mm-hmm. sang. Uh, you're, yeah. good, you're too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we know Sammy is not in the Juliet summer program for singing. That yeah. we can be sure of. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, I, I would say it's uh, dubious that she has any sort of musical talent, given her inability to like forget that. Like, you know, she doesn't have a good voice. Fine. That's like it's natural. To I think she's like, in the my parents made a generous contribution. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. like She wasn't yeah. able to like carry a tune at all. So like you're not musical if you can't carry a tune. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah. So I think I think the situation is, of course, Sammy could go along, but like this is more about Susie than Sammy. So so Susie's going. She wants yeah. to spend the summer in New York anyway. It'll be nice. We'll go out. We'll go to shows. You know, we'll go to the park. Sammy like wants to kill herself. Like she was like looking forward to an awesome summer, <laughs> like, you know, hooking up and like doing drugs and, and getting drunk in Manhattan. And now she has to like live with her mom. Yeah. And then like then um like Jeff was Jeff wasn't supposed to come. But then like one time Susie, like I think she like noticed that like Jeff was like a little too excited like yeah that's down for the sure. days yeah and she's like that's it fuck you you're coming to yeah. York too just like what did i do yeah it's a reverse uh funk man man situation exactly yeah she she like was or she didn't realize it at first but then she's like no you're coming um so yeah and um you know she tells larry the best part about moving to new york is that she won't have to see his face for two mm. months yeah he does a great Susie impression also in the scene yeah yeah um, so, yeah, so Ma- so Marty walks over to um, he comes to Larry, you know, which yeah. we talked about before, you know, now he's screwed. And yeah. Larry says, oh, it's not because of me. Um, it was, it was uh, Red Volvo. He created yeah. the, the domino effect. And as we explained, no. Yeah. Marty's um, wrong it, for the same reason that Larry's wrong. Yeah. 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 Blue Prius created the uh, someone should put a note. Marty should really go put a note on Larry's car. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he tells um, Jeff and Susie that, you know, I'm really going to miss you guys, to which Susie starts, you know, turning back at Larry. See, at least, you know, at least somebody believes in our daughter, um, which isn't true. All he said is that he's going to miss Jeff and Susie. What does that have to do with whether or not Sammy is good <laughs> and talented? Like she said, he, I, don't I, guess, think I he, guess the lack of directly insulting her. <laughs> I guess. Like, I don't even think he yeah. said Sammy's name. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then um, Susie notices Vance, calls him over, thanks him for coming, and we like right away. We it's, it's like obvious, like this guy Vance, something's going on. He's not talking. He's just like motioning. He's miming. Um, Larry's like, what's going on? You have like laryngitis or something. And what we learn is that Vance has taken a vow of silence mm. uh, on the advice of his spiritual advisor. A tzom call. A tzom call. Yes. Yeah. Um, they call it in Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard it as a tainus dibor. Yes. Yes. Um, you, yeah. So you do occasionally hear about these people who take a vow of silence around the high holidays or whatever to like repent for their sins. Um, I've heard of these maniacs. Sorry. I mean, these uh, these righteous individuals, but I've never come across one personally in my in the wild. Have you? Um, I have definitely not that I know I've come across personally. Um, I believe Ezra Klein did a silent retreat that he's spoken about on his podcast. Um and he, he said it was like a very interesting experience, as I would imagine. But he wasn't uh, he said, engaging. He went to a specific place to do that. He wasn't engaging with the real world and not talking to people and being obnoxious. Well, he was on a retreat with lots of other people, none of whom were talking to each other. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're right, all they, consenting. Yeah, right. It's the yeah, same yeah. as going to a nudist colony versus walking around nude in public. Right. So to me, like the like the social aspect of it, like isn't even on my radar. It's just like how horrible it is to like not be able to talk for like so long, like and just like like just sit and like not be able to like communicate. Uh, he said that like the the main takeaway that he had, or one of the main takeaways. I don't want to speak for him. I just remember this is what stood out to me. My main takeaway from his podcast, speaking about, let's put it that way, um, was that he found like he noticed how much he was narrating about things about other people that were just like completely based on assumption 
Yeah. Because like he would never learn real information about them. He would just like see like, oh, they're wearing like a University of Michigan sweatshirt or like their hair is braided a certain way. And like he he like actively noticed himself like telling these stories about these people that like you wouldn't if you start talking to people and then like the stuff you made up just like falls away. Like and that's all he had about people because he wasn't talking to them. So I thought that was really interesting that like that we obviously all do that all the time uh, without really realizing it and how much it like shapes our interactions with people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially even if you're not taking a whole long vow of silence. But for example, on your commute, if you have earphones in and you're listening to podcasts or whatever, and you're not talking to anyone and you just sort of, you know, you, you, you see all these people on the public transportation or in the parking lot or whatever it is. Sometimes you'll sort of, you know, do that to yourself, sort of create little stories for all of these people in your head. And then you sort of catch yourself. Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like you're just making that up. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Larry, uh, Larry's like trying to figure out what he's saying, but like he's like gives up. He's like, you know, this is stupid. Like, uh, I don't understand what you're talking about. And like, if the whole thing is like you're not supposed to communicate, like you're still communicating, you're just like doing a bad job at it. Like, so like, what are we even doing here? Yeah. Um. So Jeff, you know, Jeff realizes that like things are you know starting to escalate a little bit. Like, it's a little tension. Um. So he starts mouthing to Larry that like, you know they should go get food. And um, Susie's like, all right, get the hell out of here. You're both of you. You can go get food. Um, but not before calling Larry an asshole, of course. Yes. Now, you know, I don't know what spiritual persuasion Vince is a member of. Vance, excuse me. I assume but, something in like the, the Eastern religions. But, but, as, but as I understand the spiritual vow of silence, it's about not communicating. It's not about protecting your vocal cords, right? Like Celine Dion style. So like the mouthing of the words violates the spirit of the vow of silence and just makes them a pain in the ass. So I'm I'm on Team Larry here. Potentially. What I what I would uh, argue uh, just to rebut that is like with a lot of like absolute rules that like religions put in, it's not always just about completely banning something. But like if you get people to buy into the concept of something should be completely banned, they'll do it much less. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, our entire you know, religion is based on finding loopholes. So, yeah. so it's like, right. So like people yeah. like, you know, I've, I've, you know, heard of people who like, they don't have a TV in their house, but like, they'll watch like Netflix on their computer and people will yeah. be like, that's stupid. If you're not going to watch TV, don't watch TV. Yeah. To which I say, no, you're obviously going to watch much, or, much or, less or TV. You don't, you don't watch TV on Shabbat, but you'll leave the TV on before so that you can watch the game or whatever. Yeah. Right. But like, you'll, you're still going to do it less than if you're just With like, the if you, yeah. If you have a TV in your living room, then you're going to watch TV yeah, all yeah. the time because it's just like there and like what, that's what you do if you have a TV. In yeah, your living room. Yeah. Whereas if it's like a whole thing, oh, I have like a computer in my office that I sometimes watch these are all examples on. that aren't impeding on other people the way that going to social, yeah. going to parties and not talking and then expecting everyone to read. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't yeah. go to a party while you're taking yes. a battle of silence. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the real answer. Um, OK, so, yeah. So Larry and Jeff are going to head over for some food and we will watch our first clip of the episode. Mm. Bit of a warning. Tesla is coming tonight, I'm pretty sure. He asked if you were available to do some sort of benefit. I bet it has something to do with his son, the special needs kid. I just want to give you a heads up on that. All right, I'll be on the lookout for that. Yeah. What's taking this line so long? Uh, that'd be my veterinarian at the front of the line. What's he doing there? He and his wife came. Uh, you know, Oscar's really sick, so Susie felt like it'd be nice to him. I want you to pay attention to um, yeah. the guy's plate Hi. coming up in the next couple hey. scenes. Hi. Next couple cuts. Oh, uh, uh, Christopher yeah. Ferguson. I mean, it was Smith, probably. Oh, okay. Probably See what's here. going on over here? No. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't recognize She's doing a chat and cut. Oh. So, chat and cut? Really? Yeah, she's feigning familiarity with someone she vaguely knows for the sole purpose of cutting in line. Pause. She'll be picking up a plate any second. Watch. You're like beaming light. So they take her plates. Excuse me. Plate is empty. Hi. Hi. First of all, congratulations on a great attempt 
at a chat and cut. Really good. 99 times out of 100, that's going to work. Unfortunately, <laughs> I happen to be on the line. So. Okay, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I just saw my friend. Yeah, I know a chat and cut when I see it. Okay. All right. Okay, he got himself a uh, you know half plate of food there. Okay, not bad. He's doing okay for himself so far at the buffet. At the back of the line, yeah. I mean, to be fair, we met like eight years ago. I love how uh, he and it, her up. Uh, and it's gone. Oh wow. I honestly, don't, I honestly don't. You think she's doing a chat and cut? I kind of feel like you are. Yeah. Um, His food is gone. Okay. He's been manipulated. You manipulated him. That's what. You want me to get back in line? Would that would that make you feel better? My issue is why does Jeff have to stay in line at his own party? Yeah. Fine. Uh huh. You are unbelievable, you know? Yeah, that? Well, I mean, once you're at the party, yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, because, you know, but I think people say, hey, Jeff, you go yeah, in front of me. It's your party. Yeah. Bus people as they come through. Uh, yeah, that's right. Can... That would probably happen. You're right. What? No, I'm. I'm... Oh, no. I'm not even going to say anything this time. I respect your skills. Really. Now, a girl in red dress looks very annoyed, but she doesn't say anything about it. Yeah, well, she got caught. Yeah, she got the. She did the, the famous back cut the second time. Yeah. Larry um, respects the skills. Yeah, this is this. I I love this scene. This is now this a couple weeks ago on this podcast. Stuff. I erroneously referred to the chat and cut as having come from Seinfeld. I think I think oh, I was yeah. I think yeah I was ta- I think I was confused with the soup Nazi, soup Nazi episode where we see an attempted but rejected chat and cut. Mm-hmm. But it's a curbism, and I think it's a credit to how incredible the cultural influence is that I just assumed chat and cut is so famous and must have been a thing from Seinfeld twenty years ago. No, it's 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 total curb. It's this episode of curb. Yeah, um, and like the the back cut even like resonated with me more than um, the front cut because like I remember like people used to like do back cutting when I was a kid, which was like back cuts compl- yeah. complete bullshit because mm-hmm. there the person allowing the cut isn't even sacrificing anything; they're just letting the person go behind that. Well, that's why they don't yeah. care, as Larry says here. I'm not even going to say anything. Yeah, right. But it's like at least the front cut, you're fine. You're letting your friend in, but like you're also sacrificing one spot in line. I mean, it's not yeah. necessarily okay, but like at least you know you're you're you know we're all in this together. We're letting this guy go first. It <laughs> like, does seem just... like a very formal line for a party, though. And again, the host has to stay in line very strict. <laughs> but uh, let's it's talk not about that yeah, formal. The way that Brian Husky's character rejects the chat and cut, incredible, amazing. In, in the way that Annie Sertich's Sir- character then turns around and does the back cut, also incredible. Um, yeah, very yeah, smooth. Yeah, the the lack of shame, but 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 again, the, the girl in the red dress behind looks very upset. So I don't know why she doesn't say anything. Yeah, I mean, I give I give Husky Husky credit because like you know, not everyone is going to um you know be that comfortable with that spot. Although it does really you're sound throwing like he, under the bus somebody that you have some kind of relationship with. For yeah, well, although it, it sounds although like I, he he really barely knew her. Like he didn't recognize but, her at all. Yeah, but here's the crazy part: this is a Jeff and Susie party, so both of them ostensibly know Jeff and Susie, or Jeff or Susie. Yeah. So they see Jeff there, and she should have some shame that she was trying to cut in front of the host. I don't know. It's very odd. <laughs> All of a sudden, in line, it's as if this is just Larry and Jeff at some random event. Right. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't feel yeah. like they're at except the, at that, a party. Except that friends. Jeff's uh, veterinarian happens to be there. Right. Uh, everyone. Acts, way, everyone. We're, acts we're like wearing strangers. a suit, a suit jacket with uh, short sleeves underneath, uh, faux pas by him. A tremendous faux pas. Yeah, but we when he, we see him reaching for the food, that the, his jacket's coming halfway up his sleeve and uh, halfway oh, up his arm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I want to know what's going on at this magic buffet where food uh, appears and disappears. Appears and disappears. Yes. Yeah. Um, OK, so we are uh, we're not we you know we're having dinner now. Larry, Jeff, Susie and uh, of course, uh, Susie's veterinarian and his wife. You yes, know, the, uh, the, the core five. Do you recognize the wife? <laughs> um, no. Have you seen Righteous Gentiles on HBO? Righteous gemstones. Righteous gemstones. <laughs> Excuse me. They are also righteous Gentiles, though. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, were they you, were they right? They were righteous Gentiles in the war. 
Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so that's Edie Patterson. She plays. She's one of the three kids in Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. no, I have. I haven't seen that show. Hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about her scene. Um, yeah. So like they're talking about um, Jeff is like, like asking Larry, like how much she would have to get paid to go see Eat, Pray, Love, yeah. um, which I'll say I've never seen Eat, Pray, Love. I don't have a huge desire to see Eat, Pray, Love. Like, but like you, it's not like in the category of like, oh, you have to pay me to see that. Like I would see it like if like. No, I've had, I've had conversations with this. I mean, it wouldn't be three thousand dollars, but like if you had zero interest in a movie and you have to commit two hours to go sit in the theater to do it, you wouldn't do it unless you're paid something. Oh, I, well, I guess if I'm, I I'm, not thinking, you, I'm not thinking I of theater. If I well, no, but but they, that's why they specifically say a theater. Yeah, you do it at home. You're doing six other things at the same time. Who cares? If I said, yeah, to but you, like all, you go all, to it, all it would all it would movie, take is for like no one for like one of like six different podcasts to, to say, oh, we're doing you play love this week. Like, sure. like OK, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying if there's a movie that you have no interest in, none of your friends want to see it. And, and I say to you, here's a free ticket to this movie in the theater. You're not going to go if it's a movie you have zero interest in whatsoever. Yeah, probably. Not, yeah. Right? So, it, so you have to be paid. So, every, so you have a price. So you won't do it for the cost of a ticket. What if I say I'll throw in popcorn and soda? You're still saying no, probably. Um, we need a specific movie to heighten this example. But you watch almost every movie, also. So, did well, you ever see the emo- did you ever see the emoji movie? I have not seen the emoji movie. Okay. No. Although that might be so bad, it's it's like entertaining for that purpose. I don't know. So uh, it'd have to be like Holocaust or something like that. Like actual, like actual, just like footage of the Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But le- okay, let's say the emoji, the emoji. Do I get, do I get soda and popcorn for yeah. Holocaust movie? Well, you, you can make it with your girlfriend also. Let's say the emoji movie is uh, back in theaters for one night only in Long Island. No one you know is going. As I say to you, go to the theater, watch this movie for two hours by yourself. I will, I will throw in soda and snacks and parking. I'll, pay, I'll give you 40 bucks to use it for whatever you need. Yeah, I would do that. For 40 bucks? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think I would. I also got soda and popcorn. No, on top for, of the no I'm, giving, I'm giving you 40 bucks. Oh, you that's I get 40 bucks. The soda and the popcorn. Oh, OK. Well, I have free tickets. So if, it, if it's at an AMC, I already No, I'm it's good. not an AMC. Oh, it's not an AMC. <laughs> All right. Let's up the ante. It's in the backyards of some people who live in your neighborhood. You've never said a word to uh, like being projected on a screen. And um, it, but it's they're just like setting it up just for me. Yeah, they'll just be sitting out, like through the windows in the, in the living room watching, waiting for you to leave. They're watching me or they're watching the movie through the window. They're mostly watching you. Okay, that makes it the whole thing creepy. <laughs> Why are they doing this? All right, yeah. Let, let, yeah. All right, let's move I'm gonna on. Be, I'm going to be very distracted by them the whole movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Larry says $3,000. Um, the, the, the vet's like, it's not that bad a movie, which is what I'm saying. I mean, I haven't seen it, but like, it's not, there's no way it's that bad. Like that. The, however well the vet is doing, he's not doing as well as Larry. So 3000 for him <laughs> and 3000 for Larry are very different numbers. He must be a really good vet. I guess so. Um, yeah, so um, Larry wants to know, does the vets focus on specific animals um, like the dog or the cow? Mm. And he's like, no, like I, we do all animals. Yeah. And um, this is not an original take by Larry, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, like, what if I like bring in a roach? And he's like, well, you know, if uh, you know, if you, you care about that roach, I'm going to uh, give the roach the best chances it has. Um, nice answer. And healthy. Yeah. Mm. Um, of course, this uh, the vet played by uh, Rich Summer, who played mm. Harry Crane on Mad Men. I, I, I would yes. say that's by far his most uh, famous role. I saw he there was like another show where he also played Harry Crane. Um, oh, like the, I deleted the, all my notes about him. So. <laughs> um, yeah, let me just quickly. I can press Control Z a bunch of times and see if that was in my notes, but I don't think so. I don't. That doesn't. 
jump off. Yeah, there was another. Um, it was like more about his that actual character was like more had more of a central role, which I thought was interesting. Harry Crane, so yeah, because he was a real life uh, MGM uh, writer, and then he went on to there. And where is this on his wiki page? But it that could not... just be a coincidence. I mean, it's a common name. Right? No, no, no. I don't think Harry Kane funny. is the name of a soccer player and a 32 fans page. No, it's the it's the actual guy. Harry Crane was a real person. Rich Sommer is playing in Mad Men, a real person, you're saying. Or based on a real person named Harry Crane. Yes. But okay. that was my under that was my understanding, but I could be wrong. Okay. But let me just okay, I'm on his wiki on his uh, page now. Okay, in a f- there was a movie called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with that movie. Oh, okay, so you've it? seen the movie. Um, I don't think I've seen it, but I, I remember hearing about it. Yeah, so Rich Summer. It's played... on Netflix right now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, so no, of course I saw this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this is the movie. Yeah, this is the movie about Doug Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I, Rich I, Summer. I, abso- I absolutely saw this movie. Yeah, so Rich Summer played Harry Crane. I have no recollection of that. Mm. I don't know what that so. means. I assumed it must be the this real guy who was in show business. So I guess you didn't see the movie. I did not see the movie. Yeah. I just all I've done is read the Wikipedia page. But like Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase, which is funny. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, I'm I'm a big like you know comedy history nerd. So yeah. So it was it's it's the story of National Lampoon basically. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, through the eyes of Doug Kenny, who died tragically in Hawaii. Did he slip? Did he commit suicide? And we're not exactly sure. Um. I'm not sure. By the way, I'm looking at the cast now of that movie. And it's very funny. After the cast, it says a photo of Paul Rudd, who has appeared in many of Wayne's projects. David Wade, of course, who produced, uh, directed. I see that. So yeah. what's weird, you'll see this. If you click Harry Crane, where it says Rich Summer as Harry Crane, it redirects to the Mad Men characters. But that just could be uh, like somebody on Wikipedia making a mistake. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm guessing that he plays this real guy, um, which is uh, I, and, and I guess they they must have done it like intentionally to get him specifically. No. <laughs> Should I go rewatch that movie just for that one scene? Yeah, well, it would, be, it would be nice if he uh, if he came on. We could have asked him all these questions. It would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, but alas. Um, so, yeah. So back to the vet. Um, he leaves. Uh, oh, no, he doesn't leave yet. Sorry. Um, Jeff first asks him uh, about what, you know, what's doing with Oscar. And he tells him that, you know, we'll know within a day or so. Um, and then he leaves. Um, and so Larry, Larry starts uh, digging in on the wife. He wants to get questions, you know, get answers from her about uh, the veterinarian uh, career. Yeah. Um, and she's like, come on, give me the honest truth. Like if there was a rat in your house, you would kill it. Right. Uh, she's like, yeah, you're right. I would. Um, and, and so far they have a nice repartee. Yeah. And he's like, well, OK, fine. But like, what if you injured it? Would you like, would you let's say you stomped on a rat, you injured it, would you then bring it to your husband to cure it? Um, she's like, no, you know, my husband, he really only saves pets, like not like unowned vermin. Um, so Larry's like, OK, well, what if there's some moron who owns a rat mm-hmm. and he brought in a rat? And like, would you treat that rat differently than like the rat that just like happens to be in your house? Like you see how it's uh, it's complicated, right? Which, like, you know, it's not really that complicated. But yeah, I think everyone understands what type of animals a veterinarian treats uh, yeah. and which ones it doesn't. Um, Jeff also has enough. Well, but, but, but hold he's on, heading but, out. I am going to defend Larry here for a second. A doctor of humans has the Hippocratic Oath. So if if a person just wanders into the house of a doctor, sort of similar to a rat wandering into your house and is not the person, the doctor's patient. But if this person suddenly has a heart attack and collapses to the ground, assuming that they're not, you know, breaking into your house or threatening violence that, you know, whatever the case may be, just a passerby. The doctor has a duty to try and assist them, I think, don't they? 
Yeah. So what I so what I would say to that is the same thing that I responded to a uh, a woman at a Shabbat meal. I think it was actually her, her husband who said who was like giving us a whole lecture about um, not drinking, um, not giving like like uh, cow milk to your children um, at it's any bad age? for them at any age. Um, what about said, for adults? Is it bad for the adults also? Possibly. He might have even said for adults. He said, like, do you know that he's like, I'm going to blow your mind. Have you ever thought about the fact that human beings are the only mammals that drink the milk of a different mammal? Other That's than not their right own? blowing at all. And I said to him, well, I'm going to blow your mind even <laughs> further. Did you know that human beings are the only mammals to create iPhones? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, I don't understand. And I said, <laughs> human beings are different than yeah. other mammals in many ways. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yes, if it's a person, you have to treat them. If it's a rat, you don't. Again, I think everyone understands this distinction. Yes. Uh, Pretty, pretty. uh, Oh, I guess I guess uh, not everyone. Um, Some people don't. Um, And some, you know, very uh, active uh, animal rights activists might uh, take Mm. issue with my formulation. Um, But uh, I think they're wrong. I've told you about my wife's friend, the veterinarian, right? Um, Possibly. She's the Dr. Mengele of veterinarians. (laughs) How so? She works she, for she, like a, she she says which uh, which animals go to the left and which pretty, to the right. Pretty much, she works for like uh-huh. a cosmetics company that like experiments on animals, and she's there to make sure like that the animals like don't die from like too much experimentation, so they can be tortured just enough to stay alive. That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, not funny, but um, probably not the reason you go to veterinary school. I, yeah, uh, so so my my, uh, my grandmother who uh, is a Holocaust survivor had Ooh, a a story that, a story that she she often told I'm not going to get into the exact story because it's it's very sad and depressing mm. but Dr. Mengele was a character in the story where you know when she came to Hold one on, of the a Holocaust and, story with Dr. Mengele is sad and depressing yeah so I thought he was known for his comedy so um so like I went through all most of my life um hearing this story about how like she came before Dr. Mengele and like she was obviously not sent to the bad side because mm. she lived uh, to survive. Did she ask for an autograph? He's quite famous. Um, she did, well, okay, so this is where I'm what I'm getting at. Oh. Is that, like <laughs> once I once I reached a certain age, I was like, okay, obviously it wasn't Dr. Mengele. Because like so, there's yeah, because yeah, it was like I mean, first of all, like what are the odds that it was? But was she there's no way, I, I I, I don't know exactly. Oh, all the I mean, details. It, it very well might have been because like he okay, was there fine. all day seeing it, thousands it, of people. Like. It very well might have been. But there's no way that anyone knew who Dr. Mengele was in like 1941. Well, she wouldn't have known like, at the time. But then retroactively, okay. as he becomes famous and she sees his face, she's like, oh, my God, that's the face. Uh, that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I highly doubt that's what happened. What, yeah. what, what I, I think, think you're most likely happened here. I don't life. think I'm very <laughs> Anyway, so like I kind of just like kept this close to this for most of my life. I was like, yeah, you know, it was probably just like some random guy. And she's like, oh, I've read about Dr. Mengele probably him yeah. um, and then my grandmother recently died and my, my mom was telling the story at shiva and like as she was telling him she looks over to me she's like it probably wasn't really Bangalore, right i'm like because no, oh. right? <laughs> like what are the odds that it was yeah i mean uh, like the, the way that they did like testimony for witnesses in the cases of a lot of these people is they found survivors who said yeah i recognize them so yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It, it, it may have been him it may have, but yes. yeah. Okay, we digress. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how we got to Mengele. Yeah. All right, your your friend was the veterinarian Mengele. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so okay, how customers so, work that, baby? Yeah, so he wants to know. Um, Did you, you know, ever see what, your grandmother's show? <laughs> I, I've, I've heard about her show. Yeah. I've uh, I read the audiobook. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Larry um, wants to know, like, do they do all different types of animals? Um, like a pig. Um, he's even done a horse. He says. Uh, Larry thinks that like every animal should be its own doctor. 
Um, you know, just like, you know, for, for people, we have like an ENT, we have a cardiologist. She's like, well, that's like, now you're saying a different thing, which is true. Mm. You're saying like, there should be a doctor just for feathers. Should there should be a doctor mm. for hooves? Um, I don't know what other, you know, what there should be a doctor. I mean, for, uh, there tails. obviously are subspecialties within right, veterinary medicine. Right. That's what I was going to say. Right. I'm sure yeah. that, I mean, it might not be as formal. Um, it might just be more like that guy just like more, more often does do you, dogs. Do you not have to do like fellowships you're saying? I really don't know. We should, um, we're, we're, we're both we're both talking completely out of our yeah, ass. Should I ask my wife for a second? I, I would guess that veterinarians my wife. are, are know, less specialized than do veterinarians do like fellowships or residencies to do subspecialties after veterinary school. She does in not specific, know in specific animals. She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't know at all. in specific animals or in. I think I've heard of veterinarians for farm animals. Yeah, but I don't know whether that's just a specialty that they do themselves or whether they need some accreditation. It's a good question. Yeah, I'm um, sure we could Google right. it and find out in 10 seconds. Yeah, but too, I too, too, too bad there's no way to find out the answer. To yes. Um, yeah. So she's like, yeah, no, that's right. That's and Larry's like, oh, actually, that makes sense. There should be that. There should be, mm. a, you know, a feather doctor. Yeah. So then, like, according to Larry, there should be like a doctor for like dog tail and then a completely different <laughs> doctor for like a horse tail. So I think there's overlap, right? The same way that like so you have like a pediatrician, right? And then you have right, a dermatologist and, and you mm-hmm. also have a pediatric dermatologist. Right. So you have like the dog doctors, you have the tail doctors, you have the dog tail doctors, but at a certain point, probably the dog, the, the dog doctor can do it or the tail doctor can do it. And only if it's a right. real special case, you have to go with the dog tail doctor. And then do you think that there are also then doctors just for like lady horses and also for male horses? Well, of course. Like we have that. You don't think there's equine gynecologists? <laughs> I have no idea. So you think you think that these veterinarians are so broad that they can deal with a bird's feathers and then turn around and deal with a horse's vagina? Um, do mean, horses it, have vaginas? Are there female horses? <laughs> There's mares. Mares. I don't know. Yeah. Animals are confusing. Who's having, who's sex, having, with who's having sex with the yeah. yeah. Who's having sex with the mare? <laughs> They're all mares. Uh, but you saw you saw two deers uh, engaged in uh, oral sex yes, a few days ago. Yeah, but that was disgusting because it was uh, it was a mother and her child. Yeah. And uh, I know that it was probably disgusting. just cleaning, but you know, I saw what I saw. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So um. And then she um she's like um uh, Larry yeah Larry wants to know um how much money he makes uh, whether he makes as much as a real doctor Larry like, does you... like elevating small talk to medium talk at random yeah. parties with strangers <laughs> yeah he's he's like are you serious like that's very personal yeah um so it's like it's it's interesting like it isn't it's not because it's like you're not asking how, he didn't, he doesn't actually ask how much does your husband make he yeah asks, but like, it's basically what he's asking. Yeah, kind of. I'm saying that's why it, it is and it's not like he's yeah. also asking, like, oh, generally speaking, like, do vets do as well as doctors? Like, do they better? Do they worse? Yeah. Um, no. like, like, you know, you could like, obviously, yeah. you, you, still, you don't ask it to that person. Like, you ask. No, it's it to, a little like, bit cultural because in some culture, like in Israel, for example, I know they do ask that. They're very forward about that question. That's not considered a personal question. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I also don't take it personally because I and, and I wonder if you do it, too, just because like we're both in industries where like the at least like if you were like work at a firm in the city, like everyone knows what everyone is making. Like it's very like well established. And, and many of the well, firms, only just, like, only up like to a point early years of your career. Yeah. Right. So meaning like my first jobs, it was like there was yes. no like secrecy around r- yeah, around yeah. salaries. Like I know what I know. Yeah. What everyone's. Oh, you're a fourth year at this firm. That's what you're making. Yeah. I mean, there is some secrecy around bonuses and things like that, I think. But yeah, for the yeah, most part, but like, right. you, you, you generally know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so um, she's like, would you be comfortable asking, you know, if I ask you personal questions? And he's like, yeah, ask me anything you want. Um, to which he asks uh, the question that we both asked each other to start mm-hmm. this episode. Yes. Um, when's the last time you jacked off? By the way, my answer has changed from the beginning of the episode. Oh, excellent. <laughs> what uh, was it? Was it the Mengele conversation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what did it for me. Now, can we talk about this? So 
she is the one who asks Larry the question, right? So is she calling his bluff? I don't know, but he answers her question. So she has no right to get mad and leave. He didn't say anything inappropriate. She brought it up. He answered the question. She brought up Larry's jacking (laughs) off. Well, so I think, right. She was calling his bluff, um, which he then called and like just like made the whole thing. But he said a less offensive thing. She said, when's the last time you jacked off? He just said a time of date. He said this morning. Um, I, I hear what you're saying. You and think that I what he said is more offensive than what she said? I just don't what think she, she's in a position to complain or be offended at she, all. Like what she, what she said was rhetorical. Like she did not expect a reply to that question. But when he responded with this morning, he's I, the one who's now actually he literally about said his to own. her. She said, "Could I ask you something personal?" And he said, "You can ask me anything you want." So right. I don't she think didn't it was ex- rhetorical. She didn't she, expect him to. He answer. challenged him. He challenged her. She challenged him back. She volleyed back to him, and he volleyed back to her. Maybe he didn't expect I, her. Yeah, I think she threw out the most like ridiculous questions she could think of that he that in her mind, there's no way he's going to answer this. And I'm going to prove to him Mm, that like if anyone asks me that question, earnestly, like (laughs) if anyone asks me the question, I'll answer. Um, All right. What's the last time you jacked off? (laughs) You actually asked me. You Um, said if anyone asks you, you answer Mm, longer than it usually is because I wasn't feeling well. So two days ago. Okay, good for you. Um, okay, so Larry Wadder is uh, yes, I answered. Whatever. There, there you go. I, okay. You called my bluff. I called everybody, bluff. everybody on earth does it. I don't know why we pretend they don't. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah so Larry uh, is you know wandering alone in the room. He runs into Tesla, and Tesla is very excited to see him because he he's been meaning to invite him to this uh, Keegan's Club event. Yeah. Um, that's Eight in the morning to ten at night. <laughs> Yeah, um, and you know, there's going to be uh, all sorts of activities: the three-legged race, the sackcloth race, now, could, the egg in the race. Here, uh, yeah. Do you remember the last time we saw Tesla? Yeah, we it saw was at, him was at, at the bat mitzvah. mitzvah. Yeah, where he was spreading a rumor about Larry's anus. The gall of this man, who the last time he interacted with Larry was an attempt to smear him and embarrass him in front of a large public gathering at, at another Jeff and Susie event. Now, by the way. And now this guy has the gall to come up and ask a favor. And why does Larry need to apologize and come up with an excuse? Say, yeah. fuck you. Do you remember how you treated me at Sammy's mom? It's like Larry has no problem saying fuck you to people. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of um, I wouldn't necessarily like that's like the biggest problem with this episode. But like to me, that was like one of the glaring things in this episode is like, why does Larry care what Tesla thinks about him? Yeah. Like Tesla's like some asshole who's like for sure, like below Larry, forget about that. Larry's a billionaire. He's above everybody in theory. But it's like specifically last time we saw him, Tesla was get, asking Larry to like put in a good word with him, with Richard Lewis, to like get him a, you know, a gig as a director, uh, one of like Lewis's like new shows or comedy specials or whatever it was. So it's like Larry doesn't need to like grovel to this guy that like he could just he could either a just be like, oh, sorry, I can't make it or like, no, I'm not coming to your thing or just like do like a better line is be like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, you'll have to like call my office and I'll have to like my secretary. And then like you tell your secretary to make up a reason why you're not available. Like everybody else in the world, when they don't want to do something. Yeah. Like the fact that he go the, the lengths he goes to in this episode to avoid lying to some guy who we shouldn't give a shit about um, kind of puts a damper on a lot of the episodes for me. Well, um, and, and, and the next time it's even more absurd. Yeah, because it, just, it gets increasingly absurd each time. But what I'm saying, and, and again, we need it for the purpose of the plot. I understand that like that he's going to that, you know, right. that he's, this that is just he's, a mechanism to, to get him to New York. Yeah. But like what, what's especially weird there is like he he commits to the lie. He like he commits to the excuse outside Pinkberry. Tesla hasn't given a date yet. He's like, when's it going to be? He's like, I don't know, <laughs> six to eight weeks. And, and Larry can wait until he has a specific day and have an excuse for that day. Right. Instead, he has to come up with a three month long excuse, which is going to force him to go to New York. 
Very odd. Yeah. Like all you have to do is just like act like, oh, like I'm very busy. I'm very important. Like I don't even know. Like you'll have to like, you know, call my office and like, you know, my secretary will figure it out and we'll get back to you or something like that. Um, yeah. That's Although that's I, I do that. love it. It reminds me of Rob Reiner when he's asking Larry to get involved, how he sort of makes it sound as burdensome as possible. Right. <laughs> so I do love it. It's 8 a.m. to 10 at night. <laughs> yeah because i'm sure that's what it always feels like with these things like i'm yeah. sure larry you know who gets forced to go to <laughs> things he doesn't want to do all the time yeah um yeah so um he's like you know so he tells him he's going to new york uh he's gonna miss the comical event you know with the kids um and La- you know tesla's like wow everyone's going to new york what don't i know what's going on in new york um, but yeah, so you know, Larry, everyone's you trying know, to get away from you, Tesla. <laughs> everyone was going to New York to avoid having a conversation with this guy. Um, so yeah, so Larry promises that next year he'll come. Why does he do that? I guess that's the type of thing you say, like you don't mean it, and like it's understood, like yeah, you didn't mean. It. Um, yeah, so okay, so um, Larry's in the car. He's uh, we learned he's going to the vet's office. He calls uh, Richard Lewis, and he tells him where he's going. Um, and Richard's like. You know, what, why are you getting involved? Like, don't why, you know, why are you going to the vet? Um, and, you know, Kev, uh, just, you know, Larry asks uh, Richard if he's going to join them, maybe for well, why is Larry going to the vet, by the way? It's not because he cares about Oscar. He doesn't care. No, about I, I assume he's just picking up Kev and they're going for to lunch. lunch. OK, probably like Jeff and Susie went to the vet together. Yeah. And Larry's going to come pick up Jeff and they're going to why not just lunch. meet him at the restaurant? Why? Why do you have to drive all the way? I mean, Larry's because probably him. Susie's probably like is going to, you know, stay with longer with Oscar or or has some other errands to run. Yeah. So like it works out. Larry will pick up Jeff, Jeff couldn't have committed lunch. to a lunch because Jeff didn't yet know that Oscar was going to have to be put down. He finds that out like moments before Larry arrives. Right. He th- he probably yeah. figured we're going to go. They're going to give him some medicine and then we're going to go for lunch with Larry. He didn't realize that this is going to turn into a whole ordeal. Um, so, yeah, so Larry and Richard make plans for Friday at one o'clock. And I think they say it's their favorite restaurant. So I guess uh, no longer is their favorite restaurant uh, from uh, Heidi from the smiley face. They have now have a new famous restaurant, favorite restaurant. Um, OK, so Larry is going to arrive at the vet and uh, he's going to first meet up with Jeff outside. Oscar. Ah, uh, not good. Waiting for the word from the doctor. Okay, want to get some lunch? Starving. Me too. Where do you want to go? Uh, I don't know. I'll eat anything. There's a great Mexican place like right down the road. Yeah, not, I, I don't know. Not you Mexican. Mexican? No. Sushi. Sushi's fantastic. Nice and light. I, I, I'm reading all there. this mercury stuff. I'm scared to get sushi. I can't, I can't eat sushi. How about some Italian? Want to get some pasta? I don't like to have hot food for lunch. What about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I don't want bread. I don't <laughs> have bread. Like a plate with peanut butter and jelly just on a plate with a fork? <sighs> Well, what do you get so stressed out about this for? I can't decide. It's lunch. Let, let's go to Jolene. I'll get that spinach salad with some soup. That's good. Fantastic. Now, he said he doesn't like hot food for lunch. Isn't soup hot? <laughs> Every, everything about it. I mean, he, he literally yeah. says, I'm starving. I could eat anything. And then yeah. well, is not willing to eat anything. <laughs> that Jeff says. He says all the foods. Yeah. And then he, what he settles for is spinach salad. Like, that's what you're going to eat after all, turning down all those other delicious food items. Yeah. What about tuna? That's what lunch is based on, according to yeah, that's Jerry. Um, I love I love the idea of a peanut butter and jelly platter. <laughs> I mean, my kids like to eat peanut butter from the spoon. Did he claim that he doesn't eat bread for lunch? Or he's not eating bread? That's what I'm saying. The tuna sandwich is what lunch is based on. 
yeah. Um, Jonah uh, once claimed he was like doing some diet. He said, and he claimed, "I don't eat bread." And I said, "Well, that's he, like Atkins or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> no, we're eating like you don't not eat bread. Like you, you haven't eaten bread for two days because you just started the diet. Like you eat bread. Well, not present tense, past tense. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like you're not giving up bread, please. Bread is amazing. Um, okay, so they head on into the vet and uh, Susie comes out and she's uh, very despondent and she tells him it's not looking good for Oscar and the vet uh, comes out and he confirms the tests came back positive. The dog definitely has leptospirosis and unfortunately, they're going to have to put Oscar down. Now, I, um, I looked up leptospirosis. And ah, me too. It's, it's apparently some sort of uh, I assumed bacterial. it was made up. Yeah, it's some sort of like bacterial infection that I think is, is much worse for dogs. And it, like a person could get it also, but it's like not nothing so bad happens necessarily. But I think it's very bad for dogs. Yeah. Um, although I did see um, that there is a vaccine for leptospirosis. Um, so it was, um, it was very sad to learn in this episode that Oscar is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Well, I mean, so here's the thing. Like, so yeah, Curb likes to invent diseases like Groats disease. So as you said, this is real. But. The information that you got, which is, I assume, the same information that I got about it being a bacterial disease, that comes from the CDC, right? And we know that they lie. So good on Oscar <laughs> right. not being injected by, you know, magnets and 5G. I yeah, he showed, that, he showed them. Yeah. Um, it is interesting that Oscar is not in this episode. Of course, um, Hunter, the dog who played Oscar, I think died after between the last. He, he hadn't been on in, I think, a couple seasons at this point, right? Well, isn't that why they kill him off? I guess, but like what? They didn't really have to. Like, no one was like clavering. Like, I can't believe they just like wrote Oscar out of the show without explanation. <laughs> At least I don't think anyone was saying that. It seems unlikely. Uh, I think everyone was uh, was going to live and uh, let live with uh, without Oscar around anymore. It could have been just fine. Um, but you know, we're happy to have him back for one more episode, even though he doesn't actually appear. He's just referred to uh, over and over. Um, so yeah, so. Um, you know, everyone is very sad and Susie's, you know, crying and, you know, Jeff tells, her, you know, don't worry, he's a good dog. And um, Larry interrupts. He's like, hey, uh, vet, uh, by any chance, uh, was your wife uh, upset when she came home last night? Uh, he's like probing. He's trying to figure out, like, she raised, like, the personal questions that he was asking about the salary. Um, you know, Susie's, like, continuing on about, like, you know, is Oscar going to feel any pain? And she's like, no, don't worry. No pain at all. Uh, Larry's continuing to investigate. He wants to know, well, is your wife the type that would confide in you about something like that? Do you have that kind of relationship? And he's like, you mean like a husband and wife relationship? <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, why does Larry care like whether or not the, the his friend's vet's wife like said anything about like their, you know, conversation, whatever, I guess, you know, to the extent that's the show, Larry cares about the stuff. But like usually it's like he it's usually for like some selfish reason that like he's like trying to get something for somebody. It's going to blow up his spot and something else. Yeah. Um, why does he care? Usually doesn't care like why strangers like are going to like, oh, did your, did you know, did she complain about me to you? Um, so I like, finally, like Susie completely snapped. She like starts yelling at Larry, like, you know, you're not the center of the universe. It's Oscar's the center of the universe. He's dying. Yeah. Um, Larry persists. He's not, you know, moved by this argument. Uh, and Susie tells Jeff, you know, why, it would be really nice if you went and got something for Oscar for his last meal. Um, the, the vet agrees, you know, this is a great idea. You know, it's, you know, we'll, I think it'll make everyone feel a lot better. Um, and, you know, Jeff and Larry start throwing in ideas. What would be a good last meal? And Susie interrupts. She's like, no, I know exactly the right thing. Oscar loves pink berries, especially coconut. Go get him that for his last meal. Um, Jeff, like very sheepishly st starts telling her like, oh, well, you know, we were going to go for lunch. And she's like, fuck that. You're not going to lunch. Oscar is dying. 
Uh, you're going to get pink berries for Oscar. And okay, Jeff agrees. Yeah, fine, you're right. Um, you know, that's a that's a very um, I would say expensive treat for to buy for your dog. Like that, like, oh, like Oscar regularly has coconut pink berries. Seems uh kind of lavish. Um, and you wonder how Oscar ended up with leptospirosis. Maybe yeah, it's but all also, that yogurt. You know what? Like he will eat all the ice cream. He doesn't know the difference. He's a dog. But, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, why are you getting high ends like, yeah. frozen yogurt? But like, even dog? if you have got that from him, he enjoyed it. And I'm sure he did. It's not right. He that that's all he wanted. Yeah. Also, he's going to be dead in like three hours anyway. So it doesn't really matter if he has the last meal. Do you think there's any point to have a last meal if the per- if like the person or thing doesn't know that they're dying? Like, is it only meaningful? It's only, yeah, no, it's, it's it's only this has only meal. been done for Susie. Right, that's right. It doesn't, yeah, they're going like through all the trappings of death for Susie's benefit, not for which I, you know, I guess that's that's uh, probably what happens a lot with uh, pet owners, um, if I had to guess. Um, Larry's still, you know, he's fixated on the badly parked red Volvo for the other day. He wants to know from the doctor, um, "Do you drive a red Volvo by any chance?" And he says, "No, I drive a black belt, a, a black Lexus." Um, Larry's very impressed. Some car, you're doing pretty well, pretty, pretty, pretty well. Um, no, just one pretty. I, I embellished. And the vet probably is like, yeah, I'm a doctor. Um, and Larry smiles. He says, well, do you make as much as a regular doctor? Um, I'm surprised that Larry didn't take issue with him referring to himself as a doctor. Like, I could see that being a whole storyline. Like, Larry, like, being upset that, like, non-MDs yeah. call yeah. themselves doctor. You're not wrong. Um, yeah. Like, that could be, it's like, a whole, a whole episode could be built around, like, he calls the doctor this time, then someone else calls, says doctor, and it causes confusion, and uh, we had a we had a classmate um, in high school whose first name was doctor. Yes, although I never knew that until the day of our high school graduation. Yes, and do you know what his profession is now? Yeah, he went to medical school with my wife. He is a doctor. So I just saw him recently doctor. at a reunion. His name is Dr. Doctor. Yes. Like, um, the guy from Catch-22, was he major, 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 or something yes. like that? Five majors total. Five major so um okay four i forget um so yeah so larry and jeff are going to head over um and enjoy some pink berry or will they they will excuse me are you happy with that, Park? Yeah, what's wrong with that? You're way outside the line. You're taking up two spaces. I'm like uh, an inch over the line. No, you're a foot over the line. You're taking up two spaces. And the next car is also going to be taking up two spaces. Then you're going to leave. And then that car is going to get blamed. This is chaos. Society can't function like this. What? You have to be in the lines the way it's hey, supposed to be. Here's an idea. Why don't you mind your own business? Well, I suppose that's an idea. Not yeah. a very good one, though. Oh, no? Just say, you know what? I'll do better next time. I did fine. I did fine. No, that's not fine. I don't fine. need to do you better. Didn't, you didn't do fine. You no, need to do better. No, I did fine. You need to do better. That, that's just shoddy. I really give a shit what you think of my parking job, okay, pal? It's not an open field. It's not a farm, okay? Just, just park your car. Park your car between the lines. It's not that hard. Look, hey, just pull in between know, the lines. Why don't you stay between the lines of your own goddamn business, huh? Why don't you stay confined within the lines of not being an asshole? Because you're way over that line, the, all right? The only person who's the asshole here is the pig Parker. A pig Parker. Yes. So you're calling me a pig. A pig Parker. Hey, you know what? Have a real nice day. Okay, I will. I'm sure you will, too, at everyone else's expense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I always love Brett Gellman. He's always a great asshole, especially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
what uh yeah so he's uh he's been some stuff i um i recognize him from stranger things uh, he also looks like president benjamin harrison if you say so but yeah he's been in many many things um here you know actually can we go back to the previous scene for one second Mm -hmm. so why did Susie need larry to help jeff get the pink berry especially since they we know they were different cars right well, I guess she wants to keep the car, so she wants Larry to drive yeah. Jeff. Uh, and the other question I had, which I guess we won't know. the You answer. never give up a car. Yeah. Uh, the question which I guess we won't know the answer to now because we've known to ask is whether there was more planned with the storyline between Larry and, and and the veterinarian's wife. Right. Because she storms away yeah. from the table. Or, he asks about the or, next day. Or, or frankly, the veterinarian. Yeah. I think there must have been something cut there. Yeah, I, I agree. It has to yeah. be. It goes nowhere. Yeah. All right. But sorry. So, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So, Brett Gellman, Pig Parker. It is funny how the inconsistency with which Larry is sometimes the enforcer of the rules and then sometimes he's mad at random strangers for enforcing the rules. Right. Like, obviously, in the doll, he doesn't like that woman who's doing basically what he's doing now. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I, I love what he, what he told. He tells uh, Brett Gellman, it's not a farm. Um, yeah. Is that a barn? It's too small for a barn. More that like is an idea. I like that one. Not yeah. a very good one. <laughs> um, I, lo- I love what he tells him uh, stay in between the lines of not being an asshole yeah those are very difficult lines um, so you know so Brett Gelman is actually he's credited here as Pig Parker he doesn't have mm-hmm. a name so I think we yep. could infer from that that Brett Gelman is, pay- is playing himself um, I guess not necessarily I guess we would have to ask Brett Gelman if he is a no, he's, he just, he's just a Pig Parker right so but yeah. is, he, is he a Pig Parker that is himself or he's just like oh, some other guy Pig Parker is he acting or playing himself yeah, uh, we have no evidence to say that the Brett Gelman himself is a pig parker. I would yeah, not allow I, him to be defamed. I uh, I saw on Twitter that there's an account pig parker that uh, instructs people to take pictures of people who have uh, pig parked and send it to them, and they and then they they retweet them. Hmm. Is there a curb reference or not exactly clear? Um, it seemed like it was. They don't have a lot of followers, um, so like it's not very active. Um, interestingly, Pig Parker could have been the name of the character in uh, Into the Spider Verse. They instead went with Peter Porker, uh, but Pig Parker would have worked. Uh, I, I Peter Parker is a better name, but Pig Parker could have worked. Um, and the good news for Pig Parker is that he can go see uh, the veterinarian because he sees all animals. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Um, so yeah, so Larry, um, as uh, he's saying goodbye to the big Parker, he notices that Tesla is approaching, and he quickly runs into the store. He tells Jeff, you know, uh, Tesla's outside. Jeff is like, "Oh, you're supposed to be in New York." Um, and a stranger in the line notices that Larry and Jeff are like kind of schmoozing, um, you know, while Jeff is uh, online, and he calls Larry out and accuses him of pulling a chat and cut. Yeah, and another person's like, "Yeah, I see what you're doing. You're doing a chat and cut." And Larry's like, no, what are you talking about? I invented a chat and cut. If I was doing a chat and cut, you wouldn't you wouldn't know there's a chat and cut. Like, you wouldn't be able to see me doing a chat and cut. I would, you know, it would be completely uh, seamless, completely motionless. It's uh, would be completely naked to the human eye. Um, and everyone in the line is calling him out, sending him to the back of the line. Now, um, why does Larry let himself get bullied into leaving the pink berry? He should not. He should. He's say, not even ordering. You're allowed to check right. someone in line if you yourself Correct. are not cutting. All he has to say is, "I'm not getting food." Yeah, and you can watch. I'm not going to get food. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not getting anything. You, I'm allowed to stand in this spot. Now, I do want to know why. It, it is very hard for me to believe, and of course, he will regret it shortly, Jeff. But why does Jeff not get anything when he's there, anyways? Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, yeah. Jeff could get. I mean, you would think that minimum. They should be walking away with minimum three things from here. Yeah, I mean, they both said they're hungry. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, like you don't go to like, uh, you know, an ice cream store, or yogurt store and, and get nothing. That makes no sense. 
Like, what's the point of going? You don't, like, so like they should get at least three, possibly four. Like they should each have one, like share another one. Uh, but well, yeah, one each is enough. Um, very stupid that they didn't get anything for either. Like not even one for either of them to, for them to share. Like you like completely ridiculous. It's like obvious what was going to happen. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I love what Larry, uh, he claims he invented it. Uh, I invented it. See, not you. It's me. Um, so Larry, um, you know, he goes to the back of the line and of course he gets, uh, discovered by Tesla who is completely shocked. I thought you're supposed to be in New York and, uh, Larry doubles down on the lie. Oh, I just got back this morning. How did Keegan's club go? And Tesla's like, oh, well, actually it got uh, postponed. There was a bed bug infestation on the net mats. So, you know, we'll, uh, we're going to be having, uh, another event. Um, and why don't you come? And Larry is like, oh, what, what? Oh, I'm actually, I'm going back to New York again. You wouldn't believe it. I'm going to be gone for three months. I'm going to be working on this new show with Jerry. Um, it's super confidential, though. Don't say anything to anyone, even to Jerry. If, in fact, if you said something to Jerry, he would just deny it. Mm, yeah. um, so forget about that. Um, and um, <laughs> of course, all, the only thing that Tesla cares about is like he wants to now somehow get a gig out of this. And he met, you know, yeah. talks about his uh, Silver Spoons days and how he once uh, turned around an episode in 48 hours. Um, did you ever were you ever a, a silver spoons uh, watcher? I have no idea what it is even. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's uh, yeah, I, I watched it a little bit when I was younger. It was a, an eighties NBC sitcom. Um, I wrote down the uh, description, which uh, I didn't remember. I knew I knew it involved like very wealthy people. That's where like the silver spoons uh, title comes from. Um, but the uh, the synopsis is. Ricky Stratton, played by Ricky Schroeder, arrives at the mansion of his father he has never met to introduce himself. He moves in and he gets to know him better. Um, his father is play his father, Edward Stratton III, is played by Joel Higgins. And he's just like he's like a very like overgrown child. Um, like he's never grown up because he was like, you know, a spoiled rich kid. And uh, it's, so it's like a reverse relationship where um like the, the father thinks that the son is like too uptight, and the, the son thinks the father needs to grow up. Um, and then the grandfather, Edward's father, is played by John Hausman. So there you go. Seinfeld connection. John Hausman name. John, do you th- is John Hausman a John Hausman name? I think by definition, it has to be right. John Hausman. Yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so let Tesla's like, yeah, so please come. You know, it would really be life changing. And, um, you know, Larry puts on this whole show, you know, acting like he really wants to attend. But, you know, it's just not going to be able to work out so unfortunately. And uh, Tesla leaves uh, very sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so Larry and Jeff are now going to get in the car and they're going to uh, head back to bring the Pinkberry to Susie. Or will they? They will not. Should have gotten some yogurt there. The Sugar. Starving. Starving too. Why do we listen to her? Mind if I take a bite of this? I do mind. That's for Oscar. Come on, one bite. No. Let me take one bite. What the? Come on. I got no blood sugar. One bite, but make it small. Small, small, small. If he's so desperate now, he could have had ice cream five minutes ago. Oh. <laughs> good, huh? That is really good. There's another spoon in the bag? This is also like so easy to like see where it's going as it's the yeah, thing. Yeah, like someone has to be like, okay, wait, we can't finish this because then Susie's so, gonna murder us. Yeah. Uh, but this is like you know Jerry uh, shaving his, trying no to even out his chest hair. Twice right, as big right. As right. It's what are you talking OCD. about? No, it was, about, no, it was about twice as big as mine. I'm, just, I'm, I'm evening it out. That's all. Evening the physical comedy here was so good. Like they're talking as they're eating, like grabbing it back and forth from each other. Bullshit. No, 
My true bike was the same as your I would not want to be in a car with Jeff while he's eating ice cream. Look at that. Look at the size of those bikes. There's no way he's focusing on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, that's not fair. No, we're even. Really? You're not. You're done. No bullshit. You're bullshit. You're done. It's for us. No way, man. You're done. All right. One more, last one. Okay, we'll have one more. This is it. Okay, well, one more, one each more. One more, each more. One more bite each. Okay. By the way, why don't they turn around and go back to Pinkberry? It's still yeah, better it's than showing up with nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, they might traffic. be crying. There was a long line. Whatever. They might. Well, they might already like have been like oh, longer than it should for whatever reason. Okay. Who knows what, what other hijinks they got into on the way? That we didn't even make it into the episode. Larry's like completely off the reservation. Larry basically finishes like the last third of it. Yeah, but I blame Jeff. Jeff took the double bite. It's Jeff's ice cream. It's his his dog. This guy's an asshole. You're trying to say, <laughs> will you just talk, please? Pinkberry. <laughs> I, 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 just, just go. I'll see you later. Okay, Bye. see ya. See you, Vance. No, they were at a red light, so shouldn't their stopping or not stopping have to do with the, the light and not their conversation? But anyway. <laughs> well, maybe the time worked out well. Yeah. Let's <laughs> try. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we head back to the vets um, to bring Oscar the Pinkberry. And when they get there, they run and they hide the ice cream bags under the jacket. Um, you know, Jeff is like cleaning up his mouth. Um, they dump the bags in the trash. And, you know, luckily, just in time, they get it, you know, get it hidden away. Right. As Susie That's not the kind out. of trash can you would see there, I think. But anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Whatever. Um, and Jeff says, you know, oh, sorry, Pinkberry was closed. And he's like, closed? Like, what are you talking about? They're always open. Like, we've gone there, like, after the movies. They're open till midnight. And Larry quickly, very on his feet, says, oh, it's a Korean uh, holiday today. It's uh, Tet. Now, first of all, and- Tet is a Vietnamese holiday, not Korean. Oh, OK. And I looked it up in 2011. It took place on February 3rd. Now, I don't know if it could be February here. But here's the thing. Um, even if it was a Korean holiday, and again, it's not. It's a Vietnamese holiday. First of all, how does Larry know that the founders of Pinkberry are Korean? Well, maybe that's what he knows about them. Yeah, that seems like a very. I mean, I didn't know that until I Googled it. <laughs> I didn't know this. Either, yeah. yeah, but it's also it would be. I mean, I guess it's possible. Like some of the like isn't Hobby Lobby or some of these places like closed on on Sundays or something? I guess it's possible that a chain of restaurants would be closed because of the holiday if it's founder. It's a possibility. But Larry, knowing that seems like a little bit of a stretch. And if they're going to go to that stretch, why not say an actual Korean holiday instead of a Vietnamese one? Well, he could have just like made up. Well, he's lying. So like he just threw out something that like sounded kind of right. And she bought it. Sure. All right. Like you, you like with Susie on her feet and be like, Tet, that's a Vietnamese holiday. What are you talking about? Oh, I see through this whole charade now. And I say charade, just to be clear. I just mm-hmm. uh, I'm, yeah. I'm having Susie say okay. charade. Um, so, uh, you know, Susie starts crying. I can't believe it. Why would it have to be today of all days? You know, oh, maybe we could try another one. No, of course, they, they would all be closed because of the Korean holiday. Um, she's so sad that Oscar didn't have a chance to have his last meal. And Larry, uh, of course, decides to uh, interject into this moment, uh, saying that, you know, it's interesting that Oscar would pick Pinkberry as his yes. last meal of all things. Yeah. Um, and Susie's like, no, um, she loves it. He loves it. And Larry wonders if um, Pinkberry's is high on the list of uh, last meal requests at prisons uh, for, you know, prisoners getting the death penalty. And Jeff says, yeah. no, you know, it would never work because it would melt before it even reached the prison, which is. Well, you know, I also wouldn't say. work because nobody who's on death row has been right. out of prison at the time that Pinkberry existed, I think. Um, at that point. Yeah, like usually you're, you've been on death row for a while, right? It takes a long time before you go, you know, you're in prison for a long, long time. And Pinkberry is a relatively new company, I don't think. So, <laughs> so you think there is no one on death row in, in 2011? 2011. Well, let's yeah. see, when did, let's see, when did Pinkberry? 
All right, founded in 2005. Yeah, there's no chance. So you think there's no one who was on the outside when in 2006 who was uh, who was put to death? Who was put to death in 2011? Absolutely, I say that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, this is really probably no good way to look that up quickly. I guess you could probably could. There's probably like a Wikipedia yeah. page of like every person yeah. that like has been executed in the United States or something. But yeah, we don't need to do that. Um, that would be not a good use of anybody's time at all. Um, okay, fine. Point granted. Hmm. Uh, the, it's a stupid show. Um, okay, so um, yeah, you know, Susie, uh, you know, has a whole. Uh, I'm currently looking at an <laughs> article from the U.S. Department of Justice: Capital Punishment 2011 Statistical Tables. Okay. Yes, the number of people executed in the United States in 2011 in the entire United States, in all 50 states and federal, was in the 40s. Mm-hmm. So, of all of those cases, which means it's like, uh, all right, yeah, he, the number of. Uh, oh wow, Texas, Texas has got like. 15 and every other state's in like the ones, basically. Yeah, in Texas, they really like killing people down there. Yeah, I guess so. So of those 15 people killed in 2011 in Texas, um, I'm going to guess that all of them, their crimes are committed much earlier. Because again, there's there's endless appeals and stuff. It takes a long yeah. time and it's very expensive for the state. I don't know if you saw, Texas has uh, instituted a new a new uh, method of the death penalty recently. Yeah, that you die of COVID. Yes. COVID, correct. Yes. Um, yes. So, I, I do yes. love Larry saying, though, you've gone through enough today. You don't need to be looking at garbage. That's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like that's that, that's going to be the the line that like yeah. that's going to completely ruin the day. Now, that, now I've had it. Um, so yeah, Larry uh, takes the dirty tissue off her hands, gets it into the trash. Uh, he's pretending to empathize, and um, they're able to you know they whisk Susie away before she's any the wiser. Successful so far. So far, so far, so good. Um, so um, we head over to uh, a restaurant, and Larry is sitting there waiting for Richard Lewis. Um, he's not there, so he picks up his phone and he leaves a message for Lewis asking him where he's been. You know, we had plans. I'm waiting for you. You're supposed to have lunch. I love how we get a little bit of all the characters in this episode. Like Funkman shows up for he doesn't really have to, but he comes up briefly. Uh, Richard, I mean, he will come back at the end of the episode, but it's not really strictly necessary that this, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Richard and Funkman, like there was no need for, for either of them to be in this episode. Yeah. Well, again, R- Richard, that's how the episode ends. So we'll get to that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. But it's like the episode is the same with that storyline, too. Yeah. I mean, without that story, yeah, like yeah. The, the episode is unchanged. And now that we're discussing that, I guess we can discuss else. that. Like this Lewis confirmation thing makes no sense. They've had lunch a hundred <laughs> times before. This has never <laughs> no come sense. up. Last week, yeah. last week, Larry was late for lunch with Lewis. This week, right. Lewis no shows Larry. Right. There's had, not even a mention of that. And he had a shit fit. Yeah. So, yeah, none of that makes sense. Larry, Larry had to cause a whole uh, domino effect of the doctor breaking HIPAA in order to uh, yes. you know, get out of like Richard's wrath for being three minutes late to an appointment. And now he just like doesn't show up because yeah, it yeah. wasn't confirmed. Yeah. Like it's like uh, like he's making like a wire transfer. Like you need to have like double confirmation, need the confirmation, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, two different phone numbers. Yeah. Um, OK, so we're going to head over to the greenhouse. And uh, unfortunately, it's the day. Yes, it's the day of Oscar's ship. Yes. Have you ever been to a dog show? I have not been to it. I'm dog sure show. it's a thing that people do. I'm sure it's a thing that people. Yeah, do. Yeah, like absolutely. people of the Jeff Susie variety, the Susie variety. Jeff, the Susie variety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff. Uh, yeah. Do you think uh, Jeff uh, follows the rules of no uh, no relations during the show? Mm. <laughs> I do not. I do not either. Yeah. Well, maybe no relations with his wife. Yeah, well, she's sitting Shiva. She's very strict, yeah, yeah. so that's why he, he's going behind her back. Uh, you know, he has no choice. The ship, yeah. right? He's no choice. He leaves her with no. He leaves him with no option. Neighborhood, you all know. I mean, the kids. They're all wearing black. 
sitting on the I waited half an hour. You didn't confirm. There's no way I'm going to go I there. I didn't confirm. We had it. We, we had Richard a Richard Lewis plan. fits in very well at a show. Yeah. He's already wearing black. He's always dressed for show. Go to, yeah. I don't have to make another plan. The plan is a plan. A confirmation is a guarantee you're going to show up. Okay, Sunday, same time, same place. Well, I'll need a confirmation. You're not getting a confirmation. You have a confirmation. This is a confirmation right now. This is a plan. You're like you some kind of the bureaucracy. You got the plan. You got the confirmation. You got a subcommittee. I got to go through all these levels. Not, I'm not the Kremlin. I'm just a human being who needs to be assured that if I'm going to take a shower and get my clothes on and drive okay. to a fucking restaurant, you're going to show I'm up. I'm assuring you right now. Yeah? Yeah. There's no confirmation. Fine. Show up. Now, Richard doesn't need to get all dressed Fine. up for lunch with his I'll buddy. Show up, it's not a date. You know, you'll really be yeah. in deep shit if you don't. So is he just sitting at home naked, unshowered at all times? Gotta get out. Give me the creeps. Well, yeah, these celebrities apparently they never shower. Yeah, it's a cool thing to do. Met him once. He nipped at me. I shouldn't even be. I didn't like it though. This is this is. If you're a celebrity, you don't have to shower. Yeah. I would still shower. Yeah. So we've never seen Vance before, but in true curb style, suddenly he's at the Greens party. Right, he's, all he's, going for, he's going for a walk somewhere between the vet's office and Pinkberry. He's at Oscar Shiva. Then he's going to dinner with Jeff and Susie. Suddenly he's a. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 all I'll say to that is yes. that it's not like he they're pretending that he's all of a sudden best friends with Larry. He's like best yeah. friends like with a peripheral character. So it's like he wouldn't necessarily always be around Larry. He's just like it happens to be. But we will never know. see him again, of course. No, yeah, the no, weird one I, to me is that he's going for a walk somewhere between the vet's office and Pinkberry. That's a very strange coincidence. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. With that, that they have to like drive to yeah. um, from those two places. Um, yeah. And so it, it's funny that like one of my pet peeves about Seinfeld is that so much is about, is about driving and parking and like nobody in Manhattan, except for like the extremely wealthy, which the people on that show are not drives cars the way that the characters do because everyone in Manhattan walks or takes public transportation. Uh, right. Yeah and, yeah. and then this show, of course, which is in LA where nobody walks and everybody's always t- uh, driving and yet constantly people are walking on the streets. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Vance comes over and Larry introduces uh, Vance and Richard and Richard is like, one well, has no idea what the fuck is going on with Vance. Yeah. Uh, so Larry, <laughs> like Richard's staff reaction to it is like so pure. He's like a child. So like, he can't contain himself from just like saying, oh, this is weird. But like, I don't know what's going on. Like he just like blurts out like what's wrong with this guy. Um, so Larry explains the whole vow of silence thing. Um, and um, they, you know, they start making uh, fun of Vance. You know, he's like a ventriloquist without a puppet. You know, he should just at least keep a puppet in his car to practice um Susie comes over to talk to Vance and he says yeah you know you must understand you know you're very uh contemplative and in touch with your emotions you know you must understand how uh, you're very spiritual. spiritual yeah right very spiritual um uh you know you understand how sad Oscar's death is for me you know I uh, I feel guilty that I you know I failed him by not getting him his last meal and you know I, I she explains to him you know how much Oscar loved Pinkberry and you know he asked Larry and Jeff to go get for him but they weren't able to because it was closed and um, we get a rare curb uh, flashback. We see Vance remembering, uh, which I don't think we need to because it was like yeah. two scenes ago. Like, yeah. I don't think they needed to do this. Like, we we, like, we remember. Yeah, uh, it was like four minutes ago in Showtime. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like it was like they made like a whole big production of it. Um, so, you know, he starts uh, starting to mouth to Suthi and like nobody could figure out what he's trying to mouth. Um, what what is what is the um, the gesture that he could have made immediately that would have solved this whole situation? I mean, I feel like there's many. He also could have written it on a pad of paper. Right. Well, of that's what I was going to say. What you, yeah. what you do is you move your hand like this, which is the universal sign for can I have a pen? Yeah. And then. The pro- it's over. Larry's fucked. Yeah. Uh, or of course, or even your phone. That. You can just type yeah. it on your phone. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think they had phones uh, at this yeah. point necessarily. Um. So yeah. So uh. You know. Left his guest in hose pizza. Oh, Jeff's ride. intentionally wrong. <laughs> Liberty is amazing. 
Oh yeah, yeah it's great. Like I love it. He's like just like to throw everyone yeah. off the set. But yes, but if he actually wants to convey this information to Susie, there's many ways to do it. He doesn't have to give up so easily. Yeah, he's like sabotaging a game of charades here. Like yeah. <laughs> just throwing out bad ideas to throw everybody else off track. And, and then I don't. Uh, and then Larry, you know, immediately then guilts Vance into not doing it because he says, as a spiritual person, you know, you get bad vibes from from snitching. Like most religious beliefs and cultural, they're not against you know reporting a a a, a sinner, are they? I'm, well, not sure, I'm not sure how Larry convinces Vance here. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess he just appeals to general uh, well, karma. So I guess like if you're more into those, you know, Eastern religions, there is more of a concept. Yeah, of but the karma, karma, the karma of... should go back at Jeff and Larry. They're the ones who killed who killed the dog and didn't let him have his favorite food. I guess. But well, yeah. OK, so then, you know, they'll get God. But like, um, yeah. you know, let, let me not interject myself into the situation. And, you know, yeah, he's get, already getting to get himself. thrown yeah. into that, like uh, karma backlash mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think that's the idea. Um, so we're uh, we head over to Larry's office. Uh, I think, yeah, for the first time in this episode, yeah, by the we're, way, uh, a reference to what I was saying earlier in this episode. I just emailed um, an associate um, and asked them to do something that's a little bit annoying and ridiculous to do. And I and I said to email, I said, sorry to be annoying, but are you able to blank, blank, blank? Um, if not, don't worry, it's my fault. Uh, but I'm just asking in case you can. And you know what her immediate response was? I might be able to, I'm trying, I will let you know shortly. That is the correct answer. Uh-huh. Very smart. Back to you. And then she'll get back to you in 90 minutes. Turns out I wasn't able to. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully it's it on be 90, but yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, She's in the West Coast and I'm up at that time anyway. So. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, so it's not uh, it's not so late for them. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, like it's still it's still a ridiculous time to be working. But. No, well, I mean, maybe, but not in our job. Well, your job. Not in my job. Yeah. Jobs. We have different jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I work in Long Island. Mm. Uh, okay. I so, work yeah. in my house in New Jersey, but yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I take it. Um, okay, so yeah, so we're uh, we head over to Larry's office, and yeah, the green uh, phone Tes- and the red phone, as usual. <laughs> Tesla comes in, and uh, he's very surprised once again to uh, find Larry here. He thought he was going to be in New York, and uh, he explains that Vance is the one who told him. Um, and By the Larry, way, does Larry not have an assistant or somebody? Anybody just wander right into the bank there? Well, he uh, he just lost Antoinette, and, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess Antoinette's so. mom. I don't know what happened with her. Yeah. Probably. Oh well, we do know what happened with her. Susie assaulted her, so yeah, she probably uh, <laughs> stopped working there. Yeah. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so Maybe he's without an assistant yeah. at the moment. He maybe hasn't had a chance to hire someone yet. Um, yeah, so Larry, Larry notes that Vance, uh, he talks a lot for a guy who is, is, isn't allowed to talk. He seems to yeah. do a lot of talking. Um, so uh, How long Larry, is this vow of silence? I mean, it is Elul right now, but how long is he doing it for? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, long, long enough that, you know, it's been several days and it's still going. Um, so, yeah, so Larry, uh, again, you know, my trip got delayed, um, you know, it's going to go, we're going to be, you know, go back in a few months, um, you know, oh, but like, you know, I'm going to be going again. And um, Tesla is like, oh, where are you staying when you're going to New York? And, you know, he makes it yeah. to some hotel and um, Tesla explains that, you know, as it, as it turns out, I was going to be going to New York and I made arrangements to stay at uh, Rennie Harlan's apartment. You know, he used to be married to Gina Davis, of course, um, on 66th and Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, he offers Larry the place and is uh, you could go there in my place. Yeah. And now, Larry's I, like, I do love this whole scene to me is very reminiscent, uh, like Tesla trying to call Larry on his bullshit is like Susan's parents calling George on the house in the Hamptons. <laughs> right. Except that Larry follows through in a way that George can't. I guess like normal people can't afford to buy a spite Hamptons house or fly to New York for three months the way that Larry David can. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, and, but the other uh, issue, of course, here is why would Tesla's friend be happy to give away his apartment to somebody he doesn't know for free for three plus months? That's like thousands of dollars lost income. 
Well, I guess he already is like writing that off. He was going to plan to get a Tesla. I, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. In his mind, it's hard like to believe that calls. anybody likes Tesla enough to do that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, did you did you catch note of where uh, Rennie Harlan is going to be? 66th and broad. Oh, where where is he going to be uh, yeah. when he's not in his apartment at 66th? Yeah. Right. Where? Yeah. I missed it. He is in the uh, number one ranked country in Europe. Oh, Malta. Oh, nice. He's going to he's going to be in Malta. That's funny. They say that. I missed that. Yeah, he's going to be Malta. Oh, I guess wow. he's gonna be, we we, uh, we did on on uh, 32 fans movies, uh, which was what it was called at the time. Uh, now with the, the Pod, we, we did an episode on the best movies for Malta because of that. Yes, because of that. Yeah, we yeah. did all movies either that take place. I would in Malta like to go to Malta one day. Malta. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be very beautiful. It'll be hard to explain to my wife. Why are we going to Malta of all places? Because <laughs> uh, I did yeah, a silly so podcast. Yeah. Rennie, uh, Rennie Harlan has a distinction of uh, he directed Die Hard 2. So mm-hmm. um, he, I've he never seen the, any of the Die Hards. Oh, wow. You just mentioned Die Hard 1 and how much you like it on a podcast. Yeah, you should watch Die Hard. Yeah. Die Hard and Die Hard. You could could skip Die Hard 2. It's the only one that's not good. Why are you trashing Rennie? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He has the distinction of uh, directing the only bad Die Hard movie. I will say we will later when when Larry goes to New York. And I don't remember. I think you've seen these episodes ahead of me. Um, Does Larry stay in Rennie Harlan's apartment or does he stay in another apartment? Honestly, I don't remember. Okay, but the apartment building where Larry stays, at least the external, is downtown. It's not on the Upper West Side at 66th and Broadway. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah the, but the external <laughs> shot is of a real building in Manhattan, and I've seen it actually. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. I soon think enough. it's like in the 20s or the 30s. I forget, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll figure it out soon enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I yeah, I watched them uh, like a month or two ago, so I don't remember okay. that exact yeah. plot line. Um. So yeah, so Tessa's like, okay, so like just to confirm, you're really going to New York? Like, we're not, I'm not going to run into you here, right? He's like, nope, going to New York. Like, I'm not going to drive by your house and you're going to be there. Um, if I go to New York, answer. you'll be yeah. there, right? He's like, yep, I'm going to New York tomorrow and I will be there for three months. Yeah. A, a second solarium, prickly peaches. <laughs> so um, we uh, head over to the restaurant uh, with Jeff and Susie are walking out of dinner. And they're trying to figure out where to go for dessert. Um, as we've noticed uh, many times on Curb, this, yeah. there's this whole culture of you go to you go to dinner in one place and then you go to a totally separate place for dessert. Yeah. Which uh, I said, I, I found that when I went to L.A., people actually did that. Like my wife does that in New York. Yeah. Well, yeah. But she goes she'll go to like Pinkberry, though, you said. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, 16 handles. But yes. Right. So that's very, that's different. Yeah. That's like, OK, I don't need to sp- waste money on some stupid thing. Let me go get something. But yeah, actually she like. would, yeah, the four dollars at 16 handles. She likes more than like the, the best dessert at the best restaurant on Earth. Right. That's different 15. than like, OK, we're going to go out yeah, to yeah. reserve cut and then we're going to get in our cars. We're going to drive up like 20 blocks to like yeah. go to like uh, Barnea and have their dessert. Although like, I that's... mean, but you do that for drinks. I do that for drinks, right? For dates sometimes. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I like guess, yeah. when I go on a date with my wife, especially if it's a birthday anniversary. Yeah. We, you know, we go to yeah. a bar and we get a drink and then we go somewhere else. But yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, the truth is we don't do that anymore because it's like we're always now just like more pressed. Like time is much more valuable. So it's yeah. like well, it's just like get drinks in the restaurant. I feel like uh, just we dessert de- we by that time. You're like, you know, you've just sat at dinner for a while. You're tired. You don't want to like add another eating. But yeah. Yeah, but I've uh, I've definitely done the like, let's skip dessert and we'll like just like go to a bodega and get like a tub of Ben and Jerry's or something. Yeah, or, not anymore, of course. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Right, so um, yeah. So Vance, you know, Vance uh, heads off. They wish each other well. You know, we're. I love um, how Jeff says, "Oh, I understood that." He said, "Bye." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, we're. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be in touch, but you know, we'll have to text because obviously we can't call each other. Yeah. So this is just a never-ending vow of silence for the rest of his life. Sounds like it, or yeah. at least uh, for the uh, foreseeable future. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Larry, uh, Larry calls, and he's gonna head over. Oh, by to- the way, I think uh, this is the time we should mention that um, the actor who plays Vance, 
Michael Hitchcock. Yes, Michael Hitchcock has been a guest on this podcast. And in the video, of course, you can see him, but he's uh, he's taken a vow of silence. So that's why the listeners haven't heard him the whole time. <laughs> yes, he's been here all along. Yeah. What's that um, you're saying? Oh, I, I apologize. Michael's <laughs> saying he was just here for the two of us. I was not supposed to. Admit. Okay, well, we'll edit this out. <laughs> apologies. Okay. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, well, I don't know. You don't have to give us the finger. Like, it's fine. We'll edit it out. Okay, now we're leaving it in. I, I, know, I know what that meant, though. <laughs> um, is that the, the symbol for blowjob he's giving us? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. So Larry's, uh, Larry calls. He's going to head over to meet them for dessert. Yeah. Hey. The red Volvo? Again. Jesus. What an asshole. I love how he mimes the scream. Like, what does that do? You know? <laughs> yeah. And again, by the way, Larry Pig Park next to him unnecessarily. There was an empty spot. I was thinking Pinkberry. You want to go yeah, Pinkberry? The, the person who should be credited as Pig Parker in this episode is Larry. Like, yeah. You got to get out more. Jeff well, Brett, also, there's you? two Pig Parkers. Not as much as I Susie pulling a jet. Really? She just yeah, wants to go get ice cream. Yeah. And, um, and Hitchcock. And, uh, yeah, literally, and uh, what's it called? And, uh, and Funk Man. So really, they're all Pig Parkers. There's a setup. Larry ate Oscar's Pinkberry. <gasps> and Jeff was driving. Assholes! <laughs> Oh, With Hitchcock's boy, baggy pants. I'm so glad we're going to New York for three months and not going to see your face. Cut to. <laughs> of course, and, uh, not only is Larry. he going, he's on their flight. Not only is he on their flight, he's sitting right next to them. Um, yeah. But we'll, we see Jeff and Susie there. We don't see Sammy. Her program's the entire impetus for the trip. Yeah, so maybe she flew ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Which goes to my theory that, like, they're just there, there. For, like, yeah. yeah, they're there to be there. They want to be in New York. They're using it as an excuse to go to New York. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, yeah. though. We're at the end of episode five and we finally see the story arc to the season, which is we're going to New York, baby. Yeah. Um, Along we also very, we um, very, uh, we, I guess we might have seen this like once before. I guess we kind of had it with the, uh, with the Todd Stashwick where like we get the two alternate versions, but like where we get like the curb music a little early. Mm hmm. And then we see them on the plane and then it cuts to Richard waiting for Larry in the restaurant. And he's pissed off. Like yeah. we, we don't get the, cur- the the curb ending music on the, on the end credits. We get it oh, like yeah. 30 seconds earlier. It's surprising that like the E story is what gets the uh, closing scene there. Um, well, they do that a lot. Yeah. I think we've noticed that like it'll end on a beat where it could end and it'll be like one additional kind yeah. of like weird abrupt tie in that like you could have just cut that like it didn't need to you need to go back to that. And frankly, like the whole Richard thing just just feels to me, very out of place in this episode. Like it's it doesn't add anything. There to should any have been a reference to the missing Antoinette and her mother, because as Larry's previously said, these are the kinds of things he forgets. If Antoinette was there, she would have called Richard and canceled. Yeah, listen, I said last week that as soon as Antoinette goes out, we, we see Larry's life go downhill. Apart, yeah, so he far lose, we're seeing he that loses right his wife. He loses his work wife. Yeah. And now his relationship with Tesla is in the dumps. All right, Av, let's talk about our ratings for this episode. Screen Rant rates this the number 10 curb episode of all time. The Ringer has it at number 16. Wow. Everyone except for Vulture, ooh, Vulture, ranks this as an above average episode. I think I'm closer to Vulture. I like it. I like it. It's funny. It introduces two concepts in the culture, the chat and cut and the pig Parker. Right. That's like the Richard Lunch thing. Small story. It's hard to believe it earns the final image. I think we have a few too many storylines. The Richard thing isn't developed. The vet's wife thing, as we said, goes nowhere. Um, we don't get Leon in this episode. Third straight episode with no Leon. 
And LD heading to New York, one could reasonably assume we may not see Leon again for a while, uh, though, spoiler alert, uh, a surprise is coming there. So that's good. But um, yeah, overall, good episode. I'll say it's pretty, pretty good. Two pretties for me. Okay, so yeah, you gave a, you gave a, a description that sounded like you were going to be a lot higher than me on the episode, which I guess this is what always happens. We just we grade oh. on different curves. Well, see, I think that's part of like when if you you have to watch the whole episode and then give the rating, you can't just think, oh, well, this episode is chat and cut Hall of Fame episode because I think no, a lot of people no, I, no, I agree with that. No, I'm Besides saying, like, oh, soup Nazi, yeah, top of the top based episode. based on your words, I expected that you were going to come in higher than me, and you actually uh, you came in just a little bit below me. I'm going to give this episode a pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, two and a half pretties out of five. Um, my 68th overall ranked episode. Um, right, uh, right behind the smiley face. So they're uh, sandwiched next to each other, uh, back to back in uh, both the rankings and in the uh, episode chronology. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with what a lot of what you said. Um, Chat and cut is definitely iconic. Uh, but like, yeah, this the the episode works very well structurally. Like the way they like storyboarded this is very effective. It's like you have the A, the B, and the C, and they kind of all intersect at the right times and like pay each other off in a good way. Um, I just like I, a. I don't think this episode is that funny. Like I didn't find myself like laughing as much as I do in a a typical good curb episode. Um, and to your point, and like as we discussed over the course of the episode, like the storylines are all kind of like either fleeting or just like unnecessary. You didn't even mention the last one, the Tesla episode, the Tesla storyline, which is very silly and like clearly just only exists as a mechanism to get to Larry to New York, which yeah, fine. Like, how like, are you going to get Larry to New York? And yeah, right. And like, that, yeah, yeah. But like, okay, fine. That's, you know, it, that, it is what it is. But uh, yeah. So as a whole, that episode just like doesn't quite work for me, even if it's like good on paper. Mm. All right. What about um, who is your come with guy? Um, I come with guy is Vance. Um, I think he's just like he does a great job with just uh, the miming. I, I guess I'm thinking more of the like the, the, the actor in a way here. But like, yeah, he's just like I, I, I'm down for all of Vance's shenanigans. Um, he definitely like, you know, takes ownership of the episode. The episode is uh, titled after his vow. So I will give it to him. I'll say uh, you're I'll say this. Technically, it should be Vance, who, as I noted earlier, is suddenly coming with everywhere. But I find the character very irritating. Which to take nothing away from Michael Hitchcock, he's great in Christopher Guest movies. Uh, so is Michael McKean and so much else. Um, but you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to do something radical. It's something that you've done seven times before, but mm-hmm. I've only done once. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Larry. Oh. He's Jeff's come with guy in this episode throughout. He's mm-hmm. coming with them to the vet's office. He's coming with them everywhere. The, the entire episode really revolves around Jeff and Susie, right? Their party, mm-hmm. their true. dog, them going to New right. York. And Larry yeah, comes with true. everywhere, comes to the party, comes to the vet's office, comes to get Oscar's Pinkberry, comes to the Shiva and ends up coming to New York and comes on the same flight. He comes with the greens everywhere. <laughs> Larry is the come with guy in this episode to me. Yeah, that's a great call. That's a great call. I like it. Mm. All right. So then we have fucking asshole. I guess I'll go first here. I think I, I might have uh, given a hint that this is where I was going a little bit earlier. The veterinarian's wife. She tries to elevate small talk to medium talk, and then she can't handle the heat and she bails. Um, on the other hand, Annie searches his buffet woman shameless in the way that she does the double chat and cut. Brett Gelman, we have a pig Parker. Vance is a pig Parker. Plus, he's a snitch. All of these great candidates. But Tesler, he needs to learn to take a, a hint. The guy's a pain in the ass. And this week, he is the fucking asshole. He was a fucking asshole in season six of the bat mitzvah when he blabbed about Larry's anus all over town. And then he has the gall, though, still expect Larry to spend all day with his kid. So I say... Fuck you, Tesla, you fucking asshole. This is what Larry should have said to him. Go wrap yourself in your gall and tinfoil on Better Call Saul. Out. 
Uh, go go wrap your sack itself in a sack, Mister, for the yeah. sack race. Yeah. Now, um, can we talk about before you give me? Well, actually, you give me your fucking asshole first. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I have Tesla also. Tesla's the fucking asshole. Um, does you do you want to come to my Keegan's Club event? No, I don't fucking want to come to your Keegan's Club event. Stop bothering me. I'm sure it's a wonderful event. I'm not coming to it. Take yeah. a hint, buddy. Yeah. So Tesla, second time he's the fucking asshole for both of us. Um, here's that's my question. He, he, that's, do we have anyone who has been the fucking asshole in uh, both? Like, like it's always the fucking asshole. Like he's been in two episodes. He's the universal fucking asshole. Bat- batting, batting a thousand and fucking asshole in more than one episode. You're saying? Yeah. Did did neighbor Dean do that? Or was, I think we probably gave him cup with guy. Yeah. When, no, on he, the second he one. did not. Yeah. Um, neighbor Dean was the fucking asshole. Uh, just the one one time. Oh no, no, you gave it to him in vehicular fellatio as well. I gave it to Doctor Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so for me, so for me, they're both both uh, neighbor Dean and Tesla are batting a thousand with, yeah. with, you know, qualifying as two appearances. Yeah, there might be someone else because we both, uh, you know, I haven't exhaustively checked. Okay, this. Well, uh, you'll uh, yeah, you'll put together an analysis for next episode. Yeah, Mike, here's my stats. question. Though. Uh, oh, that's interesting. We want we yeah. should get like uh, come with guy and fucking asshole uh, ratio stats, not just raw numbers. Yeah, based on appearances, like, based on appearances. Adju- yeah, it's not that adjust- hard to do, actually. And adjusted for uh, era and ballpark. Yeah, well, <laughs> that makes a come, with, come with guy plus. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's a thing I wouldn't do, but yeah. Um, like, uh, Jeff, Jeff has more come with my points, but he doesn't have as many Chester come with guy. Points. Yes, yes. In the early years, especially, I think it was a. All right, but my question is, who is the current belt holder for worst person? So I don't know. Was, it's very confusing. It was Jeff. <laughs> then in season eight, episode three, Palestinian Chicken, I think we implied that it was Eileen Salatarov who was, you know, did the LOLs in addition to cheating on her husband. Um, I think Eileen is the new belt holder also because we Jeff being there for, you know, uh, possibly raping someone is just it, it's it's not something we want to talk about, you know. OK, so it, it's interesting, though, the way the belt hel- holder works is that like it only works in chronological order. Yeah, that's how belts so, work. like somebody who could have been worse way back when. Sure. But we but we also we it, just because well, yeah, arbitrary... A can be B and B can be C, but C could be A. It's just that they can't match each other because it's different. But we, we need I think we need to look backwards because we had Jeff holding it for a while and then we just like unilaterally stripped him of it like in an episode and shouldn't necessarily just go to the person in the week that we took it away. We should see if anyone throughout Jeff's reign. So Jeff, had, well, I mean, highly. you want to do that quickly here? I mean, we are getting along in the tooth, but yeah, well, Jeff, whatever, whatever. Yeah, Jeff. Okay, so Jeff gets it in, in the in the first episode of season seven, episode one, Funkhouse's crazy sister. Okay. Then we have the next episode, Doctor Trundle and Neighbor Dean. I don't think either one is worse than Jeff. Well, I mean, we know uh, Doctor Trundle is really bad. Well, hold on. Well, you didn't even give her in that episode. Hold on. Well, yeah, we know none of these people are worse than Jeff because at the time we discussed it and we agreed it was Jeff, the first person to no, but, make us change but, our minds. But then Eileen. we no, but then no, because then we made a ruling that it's like if we if we're if we're the having Jeff, is it's not Eileen's behavior that knocked Jeff off his perch. It's we retroactively decided Jeff didn't deserve it. Right. Yeah, I don't agree with you. I think it's Eileen's behavior. To me, it was, <laughs> it was LOL. That's so offensive. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mocha Joe was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. So just as a reminder, Jeff's basic, his great sin is that he tries to gaslight a woman and send her to an insane asylum to cover up the fact <laughs> that, he's, that he uh, had sex with her. Right. Which we decided is like so cruel that it's like, there's no way anyone's ever topping that. So like, yeah, let's but, just throw that out. Because we, yeah. we, we want this to be more just like slight yeah. social. But, but I, I, I lean also rather than like actual crimes. Eileen also committed adultery, did it with a friend, broke up the golf tournament, says, LOL. I think it's Eileen. Yeah. I'm sticking with her. Okay. What's your take? Um. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we should limit it to unanimous. While if- Jeff was the belt holder, I like how he came back and got it again in Officer Krupke for me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know, right. I, you I, I, I gave yeah, Scoring I scoring runs in the bottom. I gave line. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I guess it, it has to be either 
um, Eileen, Mocha Joe, because that was also a, we we both agreed about that. Yeah. Um, and then we also oh, had yeah. Larry yeah. and Denise Handicap. Yeah. Um, which yeah, fair. But yeah, we're not giving it to Larry. Larry's not going to be the belt holder. And Mocha so, Joe wasn't okay. that bad, and he'll be worse in season ten. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So we'll we'll keep it. We'll give it to Eileen for now. Right. So Eileen Solitarf is the worst person we've seen on the show so far. Nice. Okay. All right, and we're saying um, Tesla does not surpass her. Yeah, I agree. Tesla is not worse. Yeah, for sure not. Yeah. All right. Uh, now is the time uh, for the postman. Okay. Yeah, let's go to the postman. Um, postman! Uh, postman, uh, come here. here Tell okay. the neighborhood. Right, what a Shonda, Larry. Uh, uh, Larry uh, David. Larry, uh, 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 you're a lousy Jew. But you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. A Shonda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. As we discussed All earlier, right. you don't sh- you don't share them with me, so you got to take over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, first up this week um, is from MJC Michael J. Clark, who uh, I met as well at the uh, Yucky Goose tournament. Oh, that's your first time meeting him. First time meeting him. Yeah, yeah um, it's, it's, yeah. It's always fun these uh, these uh, things where it's like, oh, these people that like, exist like on the interwebs are also real people. Like yeah. when, you, when you meet them, it's like yeah. kind of uh, it's cool. Um, For so me, yeah. I had the reverse. So which uh, is, I met a whole bunch writes, of people. Says, in- I met a whole bunch of people in Minneapolis who I didn't really know. And then I got to know uh-huh. them really well on the internet. It's like, oh, I'm glad I had that interaction because now right. I have a face of the name. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very weird dynamic, but uh, yeah, it's fun to meet people in person. Um, so he says, mediocrity, thy name is vow of silence. What a forgettable episode, a small blip on a really fun season. At least we're getting LD to, your, to New York already. Lots to quibble with here. The rich summer stuff has no payoff. What is this? He's in final of the office. Also, when Larry gets called out for the chat and cut at Pinkberry, he has a simple excuse of not actually ordering anything, as opposed to the buffet girl who grabbed the plate, clearly signaling intent. Yep, yep. absolutely. Uh, last we saw Matt Taylor, he was spreading Richard Gear-like stories about Larry, who was just imitating a mentally challenged person. Why does Larry not tell him to go fuck himself? Uh, yes, these are all very good questions. We're, we're, right, we're right with you. Um, also, these idiots didn't think to order more than Oscar's order from Pinkberry. Yep. Correct. Uh, I mean, this episode already somehow. Yeah. Um, he gives the come with guy to Richard Lewis as long as you confirm. And for the fucking asshole, he called in the pig parker. You can't park like that and not fix it when a stranger calls you out. And he gives the episode one. Pret- oh, so he's referring to Brett to Brett Gelman's pig parker, not to Vance the pig oh, parker. MJC really down on this episode. Well, because I think he's specifically saying if you get called it, then go and fix it. As opposed to like, if there's no one there, you, either you didn't notice or what I get called out on it. So you want to go, you go on with your way. But like, if someone's like, hey, you parked, you know, no good. Like, you should fix If Vance it. has been habitually um, parking okay. this way uh, always, email is, which he clearly has, I feel like he's probably been called out on it before. I don't think you can park the way your whole yeah, life. Probably, although that, but probably somebody starts yelling at him and he starts doing his whole like vow of silence act and they don't bother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's why he asshole. started it. Yeah. As a way to avoid. Yeah, maybe because like, suit. Su- Susie saw him. Maybe he's not even doing a vow of silence. He only does it around Susie. Susie, I can't know because we saw he does it on the street, but that was in front. Yeah. So Susie once yeah. saw him pick parking and he started doing his this whole routine and now he's committed to it. Although Larry does say um, to Tesla, okay, so Rob- he says for a guy who doesn't talk, he sure talks a lot. Yeah, right. Right. And Tesla doesn't say doesn't talk. What are you talking about? Yeah. He, always, he talks a lot. Uh, OK. Rod Christian writes, in my opinion, this was absolutely perfect product placement on the part of Larry. I had never heard of Pinkberry before oh. this episode. My 11 year old niece Menchie's. And that's the only brand I'd ever seen in here in Canada or elsewhere. I wonder if there was any money, money paid by Pinkberry for the spot. Um, I would guess probably not. Although maybe. I don't know. Um, I hear both sides. All right. Next up is Joshua Schmitz, who says, hello, gentlemen. Two iconic sayings in the Curb Lexicon appear in this episode. Having said that, this episode is pretty mediocre. 
I did enjoy when Larry and Jeff and Pinkberry without the ice cream. Susie calls Oscar Stambi by mistake. Um, oh, that's interesting. I missed that. Uh, did you catch that? No, I don't that's think I picked up on that. Yeah, it's funny. The come with guy is Jeff, the fucking asshole. Also, Jeff for eating his dog's last meal. <laughs> what a fat fuck. <laughs> and he gives it 2.5 pretties out of five. Okay, we now go over to Jim Crumley, who delivered to us a uh, Saranac last night. No, he did not deliver the Saranac sadly for him? for him. That was Mike. Oh, that was Mike. He, Jim, brought the, Jim brought the Bundaberg. The Bundaberg. Which sure, I think sure, would sure. have had a Saranac-like Could run if it didn't run into Saranac in the play. Mm, yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Match I mean, you know, baby. all those ginger beers, you know, there one is better than the next. Mm. Um, and he says, uh, Val with Silence is a moving to pieces on a chessboard episode. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Unlike George R. R. Martin, Larry is not too worried about cutting his version of the nerd. He's not. Yeah. Larry didn't say, okay, we need to take off nine years between episodes to figure out how to get Larry in New York. It's too big a problem to solve. <laughs> um, bigger problem with this episode is that it isn't very funny. And he gives it two out of five. He says the fucking asshole is Jeff. He should have known to buy more than one thing of ice cream from Pinkberry. A guy like Jeff who loves food and is behind the meal doesn't buy himself any ice cream, much less get any for Larry. What the hell? Yeah. And his come with guy. He says Vance. He's ridiculous. But the silent talking is well done. Which takes us to Jared Jerome. He says, I've always found it interesting that much like its spiritual predecessor, Seinfeld, Curb seems to jump the shark in terms of kookiness and craziness in its last couple of seasons. Ironically, this change in Seinfeld was directly correlated with Larry leaving the show, while Larry himself is the main culprit of this change in Curb. Anyway, Vow of Silence feels to me like the first episode where this change is really evident. It doesn't mean the show isn't good anymore, but it's a noticeable change toward the absurd, and I'll be keeping an eye on whether this was the official genesis of this change. To be clear, I'm specifically talking about Larry's utter disregard for social norms and mores more than his baseline level, which is already in the 99th percentile. For his Seinfeld connections, he says Vance takes a vow of silence for spiritual reasons. Kramer in season nine, episode 13, the cartoon takes a vow of silence because he blabs his mouth inappropriately too much. Of course, this now, (laughs) of course, this episode never works as Kramer eventually blabs to Sally Weaver, um, who we we learned has been diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. So Mm. we're very sad about that, um, who excoriates Jerry and her one woman show while Vance blabs to Susie about the Pinkberry ruse. Uh, his second Seinfeld connection, he says, speaking of Kramer, he probably really would have liked the vet who no doubt could cure a lizard, a chicken, a pig, a frog, all on the same day. <laughs> For his come with guy, he says, no one is really good in this episode. I guess Susie was decent, handling the passing of Oscar better than I expect, meaning she didn't murder people <laughs> left, right, left and right. But that's not enough. I think the vet was a solid guy, but nothing special. I think I'm going to give come with status to old Richard in this one. He's at the ready for Larry's phone call, comes with him to Oski's funeral, even though he doesn't like the dog. Always had a quip for one line or at the ready. Who are you, Dr. Doolittle? What is he, a mime or some shit? <laughs> and the poor guy gets left alone at the restaurant at the end. He takes a lot of barbs, but always a good sport, that Richie. For these asshole of the week, he says, as usual, especially of late, it seems there are many to choose from. I mean, Vance, what the hell is he doing? Foul of silence, yet he communicates with everyone anyway, just in an annoying way. What exactly is the point of that? And then, of course, we all hate a squealer. What about Tesla? This guy again? He knows Larry doesn't want to do a special needs benefit, keeps asking him anyway, pushes him and pushes him to the point of actually forcing him to move to New York for three months. What a self-righteous asshole. Mm-hmm. Alex, you were right about this guy. The only question is if he's worse in Curb or better call Saul. I still say BCS, and that's why I'm actually giving the asshole the week to Larry. I love Larry, of course, but as I referenced at the outset, he's just too misanthropic this week. Calling out a stranger twice for a chat and cut, calling out a stranger for a borderline bad park, asking the vet again and again about his wife's reaction to him as the vet is breaking the news of Oscar's ultimate demise to a distraught Susie. Yeah. Eating Although we think that's an editing meal. issue, but yeah. 
yeah, eating someone else's final meal, mm. uh, dissing Sammy's skills, avoiding some charity work, asking how much other people make, and on and on and on into the night. Season five, Larry has the manners of the Queen of England compared to this version of Larry. It's too much, and I fear it's leading us down a path of complete and utter disregard for human decency going forward. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. So it'll be interesting to look after that. I definitely agree that there is a turn in the show where Larry, like, takes it up even a notch to a point where like he starts acting much more unreasonably where I think that typically what we've said up until this point, and we'll see if this really is the turning point that Larry's an asshole because like he doesn't go along with things, but like he's often right. Uh, like on the merits. Um, and I yeah. think we're you're not wrong. Like, you're just an asshole. Yeah. And I think, I think we start at, at a certain point, the show I think gets, you know, a little worse in the realism and that I think Larry both he's wrong acting, and an asshole. He's yeah. wrong and an asshole. And also like the people around him become more unreasonable. Like they just start like yelling at him when he's not doing anything <laughs> wrong more. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I, I, I definitely agree with Gary that that's a trend that the show goes in. And maybe this is a reflection it. on society and how society's changed more online than in person. But of yeah, course, I, I think yeah. it's just more reflective that it's like really hard to thread yeah. that needle. Well, and you know, yeah. all shows, you know, after a certain amount of time, just become more broad and more absurd um and i think it never i think curb never stops being funny uh but it does uh except for maybe season nine um but it does uh it does i think suffer in not delivering that like kind of nuance really well um in perpetuity um for his ranking jared says there were a few laugh out loud moments for me in this one but the jumping the shark stuff and the lack of a coherent interest intersecting story left me cold the episode was pretty pretty good that's one and a half pretties three and a half no pretties with a ranking of 63rd of 75 so far listen it's still a good 30 minutes of tv but i have to rank within the high bar of the show so it's as enjoyable as always but not up to snuff on a curb scale okay yeah we basically agree yeah um okay on to william blake who says hey alex and av my name is will and i want to be in keegan's club i have to agree with larry here a vow of silence is ironclad no communicating with your mouth it's ironic how cedric yarborough is is policing larry when his major role was in reno 911 as a cop uh he is calling bs on larry's bites that third bite was huge uh, for yeah, I mean he 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 literally eats like a third of that cup in one gob. Um, for uh, come with dog, he gives it to Oscar. Good night, sweet prince. Fucking asshole is deaf. You got to suck it up for a few days and act like a decent husband while your wife is in mourning. He gives the episode four pretties out of five. So by wow. far the highest on the episode so far is uh, William Blake. I wanted to hate this episode, but I can't. Larry's dread over New York, sitting shiva for Oscar. Richard Lewis miming joke. Vance breaking the vote that was all funny. I like the cutaway to Richard Lewis at the end. Again, like William's ranking is similar to all of the public rankings other than Vulture. So, you know, he's not wrong. I just I'm curious as to why all the public rankings and and Will are so different than uh, all our listeners and uh, and Vulture and us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, a couple more. We have Zach Brooks, who says you're not the center of the universe really sums up the psych the psyche of Larry. Yeah, you're not the center of the universe is kind of like the tagline for the show. This dog is (laughs) (laughs) this dog is right. Uh, This dog was going to be dead in 10 minutes. So yeah, Mm. if if that's the center of the universe, we're all in a lot of trouble. Uh, Felt like a good ending to pull everything together except for the chat and cut that always earns an episode points for me, but no Leon and not a particularly funny episode 3.5. Um, and last up is Owen Allen, who says some classic curb concepts here, the annoying cut and chat, the double parking space users and the eating of the dog's last meal seemed a bit restrained, though. Brett Gelman was great to see, but thought he could have been allowed to give it a bit more frantic hatred. 
Even Susie didn't seem angry enough on finding out they ate poor Oscar's last meal. I agree with that. She's also like not at all angry at Jeff, who is who she, who she should be more angry. Yeah. At. All she's Even mad about, she is. says, I'm glad I don't have to see you. That's like the extent of her madness. Yeah. Like Jeff is like the main culprit. Like it's his job sure. to protect that ice cream. Yeah. Um, Richard Lewis, um, not as at his height, but on the best of curmudgeonly form, did like Jeff sneaking in that they only had a late breakfast while complaining they needed lunch. All right. So it's like he ate 45 minutes ago, basically. Um, a few gripes that I'm sure have been discussed. Why should Larry also double park when there was plenty of free single spaces? Yep. We need to create a domino effect. No need to create a domino effect. Correct. Also, Larry would enjoy extra car door space afforded. I am sure I would. Um, at the buffet queue, Jeff really didn't seem to know anybody at his own farewell, farewell party. <laughs> yeah, as you said, no doubt they were mainly associated with Susie or Sammy, but surely he had some acquaintance with them. Um, he gives the episode a two and a half out of five for his rating. His come with guy, he says he struggled for this, was going to give it to the off-screen Sammy or to off-screen Oscar. But in the end, I will go with Brian Husky queuing for the buffet, acknowledging to Jeff and Larry that they did sabotage a chat and cut and not looking to cover it up at all. And for the fucking asshole of the week, he goes with Vance, continuously awful parking, so smug and communicating poorly and being a total snitch on Larry and Jeff. All fair. All right. So let's uh, let's go poll uh, the audience uh, and our scores and put them all together. So we had one, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven scores from the audience that averaged out to two point four three. Uh, which makes it our 75th ranked episode out of 76 so far. So the listeners have this as the second worst episode so far, uh, trailing only the nanny from hell, which uh, was their worst ranked episode. Um, and then I gave it a, what did I give it a 2.5? You gave it oh. a 2.5. I would get a two. Yep. Okay. Oh, interesting. I had two written down in my spreadsheet, and then I had two point oh, five written down in my in my notes. All right. So, sometimes uh, my notes are lower than when I find enjoy myself on the podcast a lot. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So with that with that score, that averages out to a two point three one, which uh, puts it at number sixty nine overall. Very nice. Um, so yeah. So yeah. You know, pretty much across the board, um, the, the pretty, pretty, pretty good hosts and audience are not high on this episode. It sounds like all the other uh, critics out there were much higher on it than than our world over here. Yep. All right. Well, next week we have the hero. Larry will accidentally become a hero on that flight to New York that we saw, earning him the respect of the woman sitting next to him. Uh, but it will backfire when uh, Jeff and Susie try to court Ricky Gervais. So we are going to have uh, obviously at least one. Uh, celebrity cameo next week we will get to new york that's very exciting um you know i would like to uh travel to new york uh, i'm not too far in new jersey and you're not too far from new york city either in long island but i don't think either of us have spent too much time in new york city over the last year and a half compared to I previously spent, i spent more time than i expected to in new york city last night oh um, getting someone when when my ride for whatever reason though the thing was just every time i kept trying to go towards the bridge uh, home from your house, it just like started taking me towards the Lincoln Tunnel, and we ended up just going to the Lincoln Tunnel and went through the city to get back to Long Island. Now you it say no it sense. as if your car was driving and not you driving. You know, you can do what you want. You don't have to listen to the. Uh, yeah, but like I was in, I was like I we we ended up were like, high on, on sugar. Yeah, I was high on yeah. sugar um, or marijuana. It was one of the two things. <laughs> <We don't... laughs> yeah. Oh, also. Uh, yeah. 
yeah um yeah so whatever it was i just like i wanted to follow the thing it was late at night i didn't want to like start i didn't know exactly where i was so like i just wanted to follow the thing um but yeah i kept trying to like go the other way and it um so we just went through the tunnel <laughs> so i was in new york city last night at like 12 30 for no reason <laughs> Um, so yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully next week we will have uh, Donna played by Samantha Mathis on the episode. Um, that's what we're hoping. If it doesn't work out, it'll uh, most likely just uh, be uh, Alex and myself again with you next week. Um, I would hope that either way you will think that the episode will be. Pretty, 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 pretty good.